The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Hello, Nate. Joe. Good to see you, Good my to friend. See you, buddy. It was fun last night. It was fun doing it. Was gig. Fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that worked out great. I came here, like, you know, to go do a spot. I was in two very different environments of just a corporate gig and then uh, the Vulcan. It was, uh, but it was, it was awesome. It was awesome to get to see your, uh, your hour. It's tight, my friend. Thank you. It really was. It was very fun. Thank you. Which was, uh, I'm a big fan of fun. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like stuff's not getting as fun anymore. And it was yeah. fun. It's like you can see when everybody's watching something, and it's like they're just having a good time. Like they're, it's just a fun. Yeah. Like you know what comedy is. Stand up is you're like enjoy it. Let's have fun. I think there's still people doing that, but oh, there's yeah. a lot of people who've kind of lost their way. It's uh yeah, and I, I think you're going to see a separation though. I think it will be. It's uh, people that are going to, you know, not want to go on. They don't want to go on the road anymore. And they like it's, it's a it's a lot to go do stand up. And so I think you're going to see the pandemic almost like split it to be like, all right, who like did whatever they had to do to do shows where they did them outside. They, you know, are try to just try to stay funny. Right. During the pandemic versus versus just collapsing on themselves and not being funny. And it's that's a mu- you know it's a muscle. Have you noticed how many people have gotten like very very political on Twitter, like during the pandemic? Yeah, it became like especially comedians, and this I'm not trying to be mean, but who are not that good, and were not <laughs> that successful. <laughs> you know, they yeah. were kind of like kind of hanging on, and now you go to their fucking Twitter feed, and it's just this political extravaganza yeah it's i mean and they they go deep they're like people who know like uh like third string quarterbacks that play for (laughs) colleges you know that's how they handle that's how they handle politics yeah you know they'll do they'll they'll talk about like obscure senators from north dakota you're like what the fuck are you talking about we shouldn't know who they are Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah it's but it's they're they're obsessed with it in this very weird way it's like they it's i think they're distracting themselves in the fact that their career is kind of gone and so now they're just mostly concentrating on politics i think it's a uh and two for some i i always look at it as like a cash grab like sometimes it's like it's a quick like all right you get some you think some steam on this kind of thing maybe some tweets or some whatever you feel like you're being uh you're having a lot of reaction in the Twitter world, and uh, so you think like, all right, this is this is I'll I'll do this as a career, like th- you're trying to pick your lane, right? And then they go down that lane, and that lane just can't sustain. It's like when you go watch a, a stand-up comedy, you still you have to have an act. People will go watch someone for once, but if they do not have an act, like. There, no one's going to come back. Right. An act is what it's about. You go to right. Vegas. We're still. You still go to Vegas. I, David Copperfield has to do an act. Right. He. That's why they've been doing. That's why Carrot Top's been in Vegas for thirty years or whatever he's been there. Because there's an act. Right. And you're like, I bought this and I'm watching this for one hour and it was entertaining and I leave and I have a good time. You have to create an act. You can't. It can't be this like like trick. That's kind of like I trick you to get in the door. But then you can go watch it. I see it with like 
there's some uh you know you see people on instagram and i don't know them like someone were like these rappers and they have like five million followers or something and you're like is this guy or is he like super famous or something and then but you're like i don't know if he is like i don't i don't i think it's like he's famous on instagram like he's famous for people watching that but you're like i don't know if this guy's selling tickets or mm. and i don't know it's i'm sure it's more than just the i've just seen a couple of the rappers as i fall i started following one because i was like well i don't i was like curious to be like well, what's this dude's life like you know you just want to watch right. him he's doing some you know they're doing rock venues and they're doing all this and they're millions of followers and they have all the stuff the watches the, all the and you're like i'm just like is this guy is it you know they sell is that guy going to sell out madison square garden and I don't know if he, I don't know if it is. I mean, maybe, maybe it is, maybe I'm completely wrong, but it's, it's the fascinating, you get this audience that's on board with you with social media, but like, they're not going to translate. They're not going to go with you for your right. career. People want to grow with their people. I think if you like someone, you're like, I'd like to grow, like sure. you see them have a family and then they have this and they kind of just keep talking about their evolution of life. And that's what you enjoy watching. like. Yeah, and that's like the whole process when you put out a special of developing new material and then making sure that it's up to snuff and then recording again and this like, how many years, what is your, your, your process in terms of like how much time oh, do you do in between specials? Uh, this one, I taped the last one in uh, 2020. Because it came out in early 21, and I'm taping the next one in September in Phoenix. So roughly two years. Yeah, it be it'll, yeah. it comes a special come out. Yeah, because it, it all times out about the same. Yeah. So two years, and yeah. I think that's good. And I don't think you should. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And uh, doing it more than that, I think, is too much. And then you know. I did three two years in a row. I did 2014, 16, and 18. Yeah, I think that's the way. And then I was gonna do 20, but then the pandemic hit. And I really didn't do stand-up for quite a while. And then uh, I realized that when I started doing stand-up again, uh, having a little bit more time with the material, like, really made it tighten up more. Oh, like, yeah. I feel like everything is way tighter now. Like, this set, it's also working in Texas because we've been doing, you know, these regular sets at Vulcan, Vulcan Gas Company, and, and Creek in the Cave. And mm -hmm. so I'm headlining all the time. So I'm doing an hour. So instead of doing like 15 minute sets, I'm doing like all this material. So it's very tight. And I've just been doing it a lot over and over again. And then I've been touring on the weekends. So I've been doing arenas and theaters and comedy clubs, like all these different kinds of venues on purpose, like different size venues. And I feel like more times better. I feel like this is like the tightest one I've ever had. And it's got the most laughs of any special that I've ever had. And I feel like uh, four years, which which is what it will be when this one comes out, I feel like that is even better. It's even yeah. better than two. You get to be with it a lot more. Yeah. And you get to like have much more material too, right? So I have like a whole extra hour. So I have this hour and then I have... Uh, you know the b-side stuff that I can like build up and, and turn into like a bits Yeah, and so like once I abandon this special and put it out I'll have stuff to work with 
Yeah, I, I'm a big, I believe the road is, I think you write more on the road. Because yeah. when you have more time on stage, you can, you, you're just not as like, you know, like doing sets and doing spots are like, that's how you get stuff tight. And that's what you need at the beginning is to learn how to be tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if you go do, when I, you go back to New York, you do 10 minute spots and you're like, well, I feel like I got a murder. Like you can't like sit for a second, right? And when you got a long time, I can sit because I know the next thing's going to be work, right? And then you can so you can really like be like, let me just see if I can mess around with this yeah. a little bit here because there's not as much pressure as like you know you mess with one bit and then your bits just get longer, yeah. And when you start doing, I've noticed from going to clubs to theaters, like when I first started headlining at clubs, it was. I mean, doing 45 minutes was tough. I would get tired. I remember just <laughs> talking that long. Like, you're like, I've never... You're just like, how do people even do it? You hit 35 minutes and you're like, I don't even... I'm out of everything. <laughs> I've done every closer I've ever come up with. And so now you're just trying to get out of the set. And then the longer you do it, then you start getting into theaters. And I'm not a big... I don't move around a lot, like, all this. But, like, you do... You just, like, everything just expands. Because there's more people, there's more. It's just a different. It's a. It's it's pretty wild. It's a pretty different thing, and it's fun to learn it. It's fun to get to do it. Some guys get stuck in that city mentality, and they they keep doing those fifteen minute sets, and those fifteen minute sets or ten minute sets are great. But if you want a headline, it's not the same. It's not like you just don't string ten of those sets together. Like you really have to develop an actual hour. If it's a you're show. Gonna, if you're gonna do an hour, you you can't just take four 15 minute sets. It's sort yeah. of you really want it to flow. And the only way to get the sense of the the right way to do it is to do that hour. And I think that fucks guys when they they only do the city and then they try to go on the road and, and headline and you see them in their fucking hotel room in a panic with like stacks of notes, like <laughs> trying to piece all their yeah. piece their act yeah. together. Yeah. You know, it's a show. It's. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, making stuff like really go into the next thing. Like that's how you remember your act right. is you're like, well, the only thing that could come after this is this. Like if you're talking, you know, I'm talking about my kid, then I talk about my wife. Well, like they, they go together. And right. so you put them together and then you put all this stuff together. And that's the, that's the aspect of creating a show. And that's where, like, I, like you tell, like if you see young comics or even young entertainers, it's like, that's why it's like, do an act, dude. Like you got to create... Even in a five-minute thing, at least have a system yeah. that you're like, I'm starting with this, I'm gonna close with this, and I'm gonna try to make them, inter- you know, make yeah. it seem like I'm not going in between each thing. Unless you're one of those non sequitur guys, I've yeah, always yeah. felt like those guys have the hardest job, like the Mitch Hedberg types or the Stephen Wright types, those guys who just do here's another joke, here's another like William Montgomery does that. Mm. It's just like here's a joke, here's another joke. It's like whoo. How do you remember all that? I, I, that I don't know. That's a lot. I mean, it's it's just because it's, it's, you know, if you talk about yourself and it's personal, you're like, well, at least it's your opinion. It's your point of view. So I think then it makes everything, everything becomes funny because it's your point of view. So if I'm watching you, I'm buying into you. So I want you to go to the grocery store and I want to see what Joe Rogan does at the grocery yeah. store. And so like, there's a lot more opportunity for that. And then that, that would make me nervous with those guys. That's why it is amazing to be able to write these jokes, to be actual joke writers, which is, you know, this stand-up was. It's how stand-up started, yeah. just this joke writing. And to be able to do that and just crank out these jokes, it's unreal. I love the fact there's so many different styles, too. I really do love the fact that there are these, like, absurdist 
non sequitur guys and then there's other guys like you you tell like stories mm -hmm. you tell like long stories and, and people get sucked into your rhythm it was very fun watching you last night going on after tony uh, too yeah <laughs> so tony's on stage last night uh for everybody who wasn't there and jamie and uh some lady starts fucking screaming at him she starts screaming at him some like super lefty liberal lady calling him a sexist and tony says how am i a sexist i'm literally the most feminine man you'll meet all night <laughs> and, he, and he starts going into all the different bits where he makes fun of himself he's like i already said about myself he goes i mock my own masculinity and you're telling me i'm a sexist it was very funny and yeah. they wound up she was unhinged though yeah, she left. So it was all this craziness. Well, he has a bit about the C word. So it was that bit that set her off. That was like, that's it. <laughs> and and she fucking blew a fuse. And then you went on afterwards, no curse words. Like like you just took control of the room and started telling your stories. Yeah. And it was great, man. It was really fun to watch. It was really fun to watch the transition. And uh, your fucking timing was so good, dude. Oh, thank it's you. Really man. fun. I just love when I, I, you know, I haven't seen you in a while, and it's it's great to be able to watch, like a comic, just that you know you're clearly like super tight. You've been on the road. It's real obvious. Like everything is nice and polished. Yeah. It's really fun thank to you. watch you shift the gears of the room too. That was a good. That's why like New York was great. Because it's yeah. like you learned how to do that. Well, you have to. You have to. Because you right. got you're following who knows what. Who knows what. And it's are you following because they're going to murder. You're following right. Greer Barnes and uh, Ben Bailey, and they. I remember them. Like they were Will Savince. They would murder, and then you'd have to go up behind them. And then I was. I had you know this rhythm, and I talked slower and all this. So I, I you had to learn very quickly how to like how do I get you to come to me. Right, because if I I can't match energy, that's right. a big one that I that's always the one that I I don't ever I, people always say like, what advice would you give yourself? Like I'm not a big you're like I learned everything because of all the stuff that I failed, but it's if you just remind yourself like just do you yeah and just get into your rhythm, you can't match what other people do. It makes you tighten your stuff up though. It yeah. does make you put like you have to edit things well. Like when you're going on after killers and you have to establish that you know what you're doing, like the audience has to get some confidence in you. Mm -hmm. If you're following some, the worst people to follow are, they don't really have them anymore. They're kind of rare now, but music acts. Yeah. <laughs> you ever yeah. have a follow yeah, yeah, music yeah. act? Oh yeah. So what I mean by music act, I don't mean like musician folks for folks at home. I mean like a comedy music guy who sings comedy songs and they usually suck. But they usually have something to do with like getting your dick sucked or sh <laughs> shit in your pants. <laughs> they, come, they sound amazing. You're like, that sounds unbelievable. Dude. <laughs> Where's this guy playing? <laughs> I want to hear about shit in your pants. Um, but yeah, they 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 would they would fucking kill, and they had music. So they're like, bah, 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 I shit my pants. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you're on afterwards. So uh, took my daughter to the park the other day. Yeah, it's such a weird. <laughs> And you have to like, it has to be, the the stuff that you say first has to somehow or another establish who you are. Yeah. And you have to like get them. And so how they're quick? Interested. You got to get them quick. Yeah. 
They have that, to be interested in you. You got to learn. Uh, the thing I learned in New York is like you got to make them laugh as as quick as you can. Yes. And so it's like, what can I do to get you in my rhythm? And what's the quickest laugh I can get to? So you can kind of reset the tone. Because if you follow something, an act like that, or someone that murders or something, you're gonna. It's gonna. It might take a couple jokes, even if they're good jokes, just to like reset the room and then be like, all right. Yeah. Now I got you. Because you only have 10 minutes. You yeah. only have 15 minutes. Like, so it's tough. That was the store, too. That was a big thing about the store. It's like you're you're going on after arena acts. Like, you, you will follow Sebastian. You'll follow, oh, yeah. It's like there's all these killers. Louis C.K. stops in. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, you, every, on any night, you're following just assassins. I remember doing, uh, I was doing a Tonight Show, and I was going to go run it at Gotham in New York. And this was when Louis was hosting SNL. And so I was going to get it go up like first, and then Louis came in to run his SNL set that he was going to do on SNL, and I had to follow that, which he was like ended up being fine. But it was like Louis, like that set that he did was like unbelievable. Yeah. And he went on, and I mean, just murdered. <laughs> like, and then and it's Louis C.K. and Louis, he's hosting SNL. I mean, it's the it's everything. Yeah. And then it's like here comes neighbor gets to do a Tonight Show, and everybody's like whatever you know it's like fine <laughs> and you're just up there trying to do your dumb you know because you feel like you're like i'm trying to get into it yeah but i learned you would say so you have to learn stuff like i learned then like that you just i would walk up like i obviously the show is peaked and like it's enough to get a laugh right to set you know to be like yeah yeah we get what we all just saw right let me just try to get back into it. and then just do your act when i was uh living in la in the 90s i had to follow richard pryor five weeks in a row five or six weeks in a row and it was when richard pryor was dying Ugh. and so he might have been the 2000s by then but either way it was uh he was very sick and he was in a wheelchair and so they would carry him to the stage so essentially like marilyn martinez's husband and uh chewy would uh chewy was the door guy they would walk him all the way to the stage like kind of like support his body weight yeah. all the way to the stage and then get him to a seat and his voice was so feeble that they had to crank the the sound up really loud like yeah. and he'd be like i always love pussy <laughs> 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 and, he had, and he had like a drink with him but it was, you know, he was just trying to... And then you got to go up after him, and, it, and it's like a whole thing to get him back off stage. So yeah. it's not like you get to go right up. You're like, it's going to be about 10 minutes before we get him down. Well, not only that, but at the store, we we would do it like we did at the Vulcan. We tag team. The next, oh. I, I would bring up the next guy. Next, He'd guy, bring you up? He didn't. Oh. The piano man brought me up. Yeah. Because they have to carry him out of there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, they would come back on stage and grab Richard Pryor, and then the piano man would be like, who was Jeff Scott, rest in peace, and he would go, uh, Richard Pryor, ladies and gentlemen, and now please welcome Joe Rogan. <laughs> and I was just fucking, and I was, I th I'm pretty sure it was in the 90s because I remember I was in my 20s, and I was just like, what am I doing? following Richard Pryor. Yeah, that's why. Well, to be able to see that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That you crossed paths enough to get to see I mean to see him even mm -hmm. at that even at that stage is well, it was a, a full circle for me because the first time I ever really saw stand up was I was 15 years old, my parents took me to see Live at the Sunset Strip. Oh, wow. I'll never forget. Yeah. I was uh in the movie theater watching these people flop around in their seats, laughing so hard 
They couldn't even sit still. They were just falling them down. And, and I remember looking around the theater going, I can't believe how funny this is. This is so funny. And all he's doing is talking. Because yeah. I thought about like Stripes, which was this amazing, funny movie. I'm yeah. like, but it wasn't this funny. Like, this guy's so funny. And he's just talking. I'm like, it's incredible. Just words. And that had like a permanent effect on me. I, ne I mean, I didn't think back then, oh, I want to be a comedian. Because that was when I was doing martial arts and that's all I thought about. But I couldn't imagine how funny it was. I was like, this is incredible. I've never seen anything like that. Because the only comedy I'd ever seen other than that was like The Tonight Show. Yeah, I'd see like you know Richard Jenny do a set on the Tonight Show. I used to love watching like the the comedians on the Tonight Show, and then like Evening at the Improv. I used to love that, but I, I just couldn't believe how funny he was. It was like blown away. Like I thought about it for months. Well, being in that room, and and seeing that where like you said like people are just like losing it. Yeah, that's pretty but, special. I mean, it's crazy because it is crazy to think with stand up. It's just talking. It's yeah. straight up just. Uh, just your words. Yeah, I always find it very interesting to even when you like when you get your act, you know when they're going to laugh, which is always kind of because laughing is it's hard to make someone laugh, and then sometimes you're like you're like I know about here. Yeah, they're going to laugh. When I say live on the Sunset Trip, I don't mean actually being on the Sunset Trip. Just that I mean, hour, the 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 movie. Yeah, it was a movie that was in the movie. Oh, theaters. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was in a movie theater. Oh, well, which that's was even crazier. Well, it was crazy, but it was also it's one of the best ways to see a comedy special because it's like you're in the crowd. Yeah, it's like you're hearing everybody else laugh too. Like there's a there's a contagiousness to it. But no, I was in Boston. Well, I wasn't in on the Sunset Strip. That would be uh, an interesting way to do specials. Well, that's how some people, like Gabriel Iglesias, Gabriel's, uh, he released a special in the movies. And then uh, I think Kevin Hart did too. Yeah. And But that's all recently. Most most people recently have not been releasing specials. It's almost like that would be a good way to do it. Right. Like, because you there's, know, a crowd it's like there. there's a crowd. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're usually, they're not super long. It's like. It would be a yeah. I, I think I would enjoy watching a special in a. Yeah, it'd be the exact. Yeah. It'd be the best experience you could have. Yeah. Yeah, maybe um, maybe that's the next evolution of stand up. Like you sell tickets, like or streaming. You know, like that way, where you know you'll go to a place and you know people will all watch it together. Because like watching a stand up special at home is great. But mm. it's not as good as like watching it with a lot of people around. Like, no, com no, comedy is a weird thing, right? Like I can enjoy music by myself, but going to see a comic with other people is way better than just going by yourself. That's what you're selling in a, a, yeah. an event. Yeah, it's, it's being out. It's also there's that there's a weird thing that happens when people get in a room together. It, it happens with music too, where you're sharing an experience, mm -hmm. and it makes it better because there's all these other people that are sharing it with you. And comedy is like the best for that because like when other people are laughing like you smile too like it's right. like this is yeah. fucking funny right? Look at all the fucking, yeah. oh my god like I'll, I'll never forget we were doing a show once and uh, someone was on stage killing and this lady uh, I was uh, I wasn't up yet I was just sitting on the side of the road the, uh, the side of the stage or uh, the back of the stage uh, by the store the back of the room and this lady just looks at me and she's like, oh my God, this is so funny. Just looking around for people to laugh with. Yeah. And I was like, look at her. Like, she's like, 
everybody's just joining in. Yeah. Like people are looking at each other at the other tables like, ah! <laughs> and seeing people laugh like, oh, it adds to it. It, yeah. it makes it a, it's a communal experience. I agree. I think it's uh, it, it it'd be very interesting to do stuff like that, like and to do it because it is you're selling. Like that's why going to live shows are so great. Yeah. Because you're just next to each other. There's it is you start laughing. I mean that's like when you show someone someone staying up. We I was telling you before, like with Atel, we I, two guys on my bus never heard. They're not comics. They never heard Skanks for the Memories. So we, I played it for them, and getting to watch them watch it, A, you get to go back through it and catch all the little stuff that you don't, that I made, you know, that you, I forgot or I didn't catch. Right. But then also getting to watch them watch it, which is yes. the most fun. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you get to, like, just seeing someone laugh, that's a, that's, pe- people like that. People yeah. like sharing joy yeah that they want to go i want to just see you laugh at this yeah and like, that makes me laugh even more because then i'm happy and it's it's un, it's it's it, it's a beautiful thing especially when they're laughing for the first time never heard the joke so you, even though you know the jokes are coming you get to laugh extra because oh. they're laughing with it and you're like you're not even to the part yet right and you're watching <laughs> them lose it and you're like you don't even know what's about to come well that was a tell back when he was doing insomniac so he was touring around the country and getting hammered every night and oh. that was a, a wild different tell i saw uh that tell at the beginning when I first moved to New York. What year did you start? I, I started in 2003, uh, but then I moved to New York in 04. And so you moved to New York like one year after you started. Where'd you start? Chicago. I moved oh, to Chicago. No I kidding. took a comedy class. It's comedy oh, really? College. Where at? Yeah. Uh, in Chicago Comedy College, Jim Roth. I still talk to that guy. Comedy College. Yeah, is it he good, just. Is uh, it good? Yeah, I'm. A, I'm not against classes. A lot of comics are because it's just I didn't know what to do. You don't know what to do. It's like they're not teaching you how to be jokes, but you're like, I, I, you're so nervous. Uh, you're scared. I, I moved right. to a different city. I didn't know anybody, so it was nice to just go do it. And what then, made you move there? I had a buddy that wanted to go to Second City. And he wanted to do improv. Oh, just for, and you moved from? Nashville. So straight from Nashville, yeah. right to Chicago, and you were only there a year before you moved to New York. I was, I did comedy about a year. I was, I, we ended up living there two years, but it was like, I only did comedy about a year and a half there. And then, but that was, uh, Pete Holmes was there, Kumail Nagiani, oh, Hannibal, really? Jared Logan, uh, ah. Nick Vatterot. I mean, it, like, it was TJ oh, so Miller. Scene. Yeah, yeah. The, we were all brand new. And then Pete moved to New York. And then I moved right after Pete. I did. I barked with Pete. His show. Uh, Explain barking to people. Oh, uh, like handing out, standing on a corner, just handing out flyers. So you just like, hey, we got a great comedy show tonight, and you just sitting out there, and and you hand someone a flyer, and then they drop it on the ground in front of you. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> that's what barking is. You just basically do you mind throwing this on the ground, and they go, yeah, I'll do it. And that's the thing that really only goes down in New York. Yeah, it's now it's like a business. Really? I think now they start hiring people, but when I did it, my uh, we did it for Boston Comedy Club, and my buddy Dustin Chafin, who, happy birthday, Dustin. Happy birthday to you. I didn't say Thank it. Thank you. They'll both have birthdays today. Boston was uh, open in 2004? Yeah. Still? It was right. It. I was there. Right was I was at the very end of it. I got in. I did, I would see Chappelle there uh, every night. Chappelle's on the Chappelle shows right before Chappelle left when he... Uh, because <clears throat> he would walk about yeah because he would come 
I, w- I mean, I saw Burr, Patrice. Like, I, that's where I saw all those guys, and they, I went to their HBO one-night stand tapings, and you saw them run sets, and you saw them, like, you know, everybody kind of come up. Louis was probably the biggest, like, but still wasn't insanely Louis wasn't yet, Louis but yet. Was, yeah. was, like, the one. Burr was, like, the one that I'm, you're watching, and he's, like, the first guy that you're, like, I can't, like, you know, he, we'd go watch him at Caroline's, and no one was there. Or no, no one's there, but like it's half full. No one really, no one kind of know him from O and A or something. And then the next year is like when his HBO thing. And then you're like, it's sold out. And Caroline's like, you couldn't even. They were like, you can't come watch. And you're like, we were watching last. And they're like, yeah, well, everybody could come watch last year. Now you can't. It's too full, and it'd be too crowded. Yeah. And so he was like watching him just blow up. That's a very fortunate thing that we have, and it's really good for young comics to watch someone blow up. Because then, if it ever does happen to you, you kind of understand what happens, like the process of it all. Mm-hmm. Like you get to see what it's like when someone you get to see it's possible. Yeah, yeah, you see it's possible. Because you're like that dude was just here, right, 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 and now he's not. Because we always tend to think about people as being in like a static state. Like if you run into Chris Rock, you assume he's always been Chris Rock. Yeah. But if you knew Chris Rock when he was just starting out, like you'd go, "Oh, this is the process. This is possible for everybody." I just saw a clip today about uh, with Chris talking about New Jack City, saying that when they when him and Ice T were they were reading lines reading at the table, and they didn't have I guess a star, and it was for Wesley Snipes, and then they got Wesley Snipes, and Wesley Snipes wasn't like they didn't know who he was, he wasn't famous, but then once he Wesley Snipes uh, started reading the line, they were like, oh, this movie's gonna be like real, it's gonna be huge, <laughs> and he wasn't huge, but they could tell. That like, oh, this dude's like different. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah, that was like, you know, that, and that's Chris Rock and Ice-T who are, you know, are not Chris Rock and Ice-T. And then you're, and they're even like, oh, that's, they're just dudes reading at a table. And then they see Wesley Snipes, they're like, oh, now this movie's about to be huge. Oh, he's it, a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Wesley Snipes could act his ass off. He had power, you know? He was great as Blade. I really yeah. wish they would bring Blade back. What did I he, know they're bringing it back with a new actor, but God damn it, Wesley Snipes was good. Wesley Snipes is he was great good, action. He was a good blade. Yeah. Very fun. Apparently, though, he went off the rails. He went a little nutty. Because Patton Oswalt has a whole bit about doing Blade 3 with Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley Snipes is like allegedly uh, imbibing in certain, you know, controlled substances. Yeah. Whilst in his trailer, it just was like, he's out of control. And fucked up the whole taping of it. What, dude, Patton has like a whole bit. He like a whole chunk that he did on filming uh, Blade Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you met Wesley Snipes, it would be it'd be wild. Yeah. Like to be around him and just because those those guys are so famous. I was supposed to fight him. Really? Yeah. I was supposed. They, they Wesley Snipes is about to go to jail for taxes, and uh, they were trying to figure out a way to make money. And they came to this guy, Camel McLaren, who was uh, one of the original producers of the UFC. And they wanted Wesley Snipes to fight Jean-Claude Van Damme. This was their idea, to have like a, a fight, an actual fight. How old are they at this point? Like, <clears throat> uh, Wesley's older than me. I was in my 30s at the time. So I got to assume he was in, I was probably 35. So I got to assume he was in his late 30s or yeah. late 30s or early, early 40s. Yeah. You know, he's still fit. And, uh, but about to go to jail, you know, like he needed money. Yeah. And, uh, we're supposed to have a UFC fight. I trained for it for like six months. 
It was crazy. You were going to fight him. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, wait, John, John Vaughn, he didn't want to do it. They didn't want John Clavett down. Yeah. They're like, he's that is not nobody. That would have been amazing anymore. Like an MMA fight. Yeah, it was going to be an MMA fight. And he does. He's a big MMA. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, he's really good at karate. I don't know. He like, doesn't. <laughs> the thing is, like, I don't think he had ever competed before. You know, like yeah. I, I hadn't competed in more than ten years, but I did have three kickboxing fights, and I had like a hundred taekwondo fights. Like, I, I fought a lot. Yeah. Like, I know how to compete. And so I, I know I would have been like super nervous, but he doesn't know jujitsu, like or what he knows he doesn't. I'm, you know, at the time I don't know if I was a black belt yet. I was cl- no, I don't think I was. I was a brown belt, but I was I was like I'm gonna strangle this dude. Yeah, because you were younger him, and you're just you're so much closer to all the like competing and all this kind of stuff, and then he's fighting from. The it's a, it's just, a lot of things. It's the fact that I'd competed. The fact that I was. I was pretty good at striking. And there was also like, if I got a hold of him, if I grab him, he's dead. I was like, if a brown belt in jiu-jitsu who's really strong gets a hold of you and you're the same size as him, he's actually like a little smaller than me. So if I got a hold of him, he would have been fucked. Dude, that would have been unreal. It would have been wild. That's... Unless he knocked me out, that would have sucked. Yeah. Whoo, get knocked Just... out by Blade. <laughs> at least it's Blade. There you go. I mean, that. what were they going to do, like pay-per-view? And, yeah. And yeah, it just didn't happen? Like, it just, you know, like CM Punk fought in the yeah. UFC a couple of times. It would have been one of those deals. And then so, oh, y'all would have done it at the UFC. Yeah. Like, wow, dude. Yeah, the UFC was on board. Wow. I, lawyers involved. It was. A, we went through a whole series of things. Like, it, like it was at first, first it was supposed to be 50-50, like 50-50 split. Yeah. And I said, fine. And then he changed it again. And said, you know, like I don't remember what the his stipulation was. Like he wanted sixty forty, and I said, I don't. And like the the lawyers are like, you know, should we push back this and that? Like, what do you want to do? I go, I'm gonna fucking strangle this guy. So give him the money. Yeah, he's gonna need the money. I go, it does not. It doesn't matter. It's not that much money. Yeah, like whatever it is, I mean, you know, it's like the difference, whatever the difference was. Yeah, yeah. I was training twice a day, every day. I was kickboxing with Rob Kamen. So I'd go in with Rob Kamen in the mornings, who was a legendary Holland kickboxer, and I would train with him, and he was uh, taking me through his striking system, and I was sparring and kickboxing. And then after I did that, I would go to jiu-jitsu at night. I was fucking exhausted all the time. I couldn't, I couldn't believe how tired I was all the time. I was just so tired. How close did it get before they Pretty pulled it? Pretty fucking close. Yeah. Pretty close. Like, we were trying to figure out when it would happen. Like, would it be December? Or would it be November? Like, what it was. And so I was just constantly training, just trying to get in shape. I'm like, I'm going to get ahead of this. And so it got down to, I forget what the final fucking straw that broke the camel's back was when he backed out. But uh, I gave him everything he asked for. Every time they tried to change things, I said, okay. Yeah. I said, I'm going to strangle him. I go, give him what he wants. Just I just don't want to lose him. I'm like, if he wants to do this, like, I was so obsessed. And then once it was over, I was like, I'm glad I didn't do that. Like, because then I would have had another fight. Like, what if I had that fight and it went well and then, you know, someone else wants to fight and then I'm, and then I'm doing the Jake Paul thing? Yeah. That shit will consume you because yeah. fighting is not something, first of all, it's not something you're going to do great your first fight back because I would have I would have fought and I said ah my timing was off I felt like I got a little too nervous I need like the experience like 
the, the more active you are, if you're competing, the more you get comfortable with competing, so the more it feels like a normal thing. Like, Daniel Cormier was actually just talking about that in one of the past UFCs about a guy that had taken two years off because he had, like, a significant injury and there was a bunch of other shit that happened. And he's like, that is so hard to do. He goes, when you fight a lot, he's like, you go in there, it's just like a normal thing you do. Like, you're in there, you're fighting, normal. I fought two months ago, it's normal. Yeah. You just go through your camp. And you're in there. But for me, I mean, it would have been like over 10 years. So I would have probably been like a little sketchy, like a little like, whoo, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? But then once you do it, then you get the experience and you go, you know what? I was a little nervous doing that. Let me do that again. And then I think I, I don't think I showed my full potential. Let me do that again. And I would have probably said like, look, I'm in my 30s. I was probably 35, 36. I was like, I only got like a couple years left where I could physically do this and compete with, mm -hmm. you know, legit martial artists like give me like a couple more fights and then i would have probably tried to fight some other celebrity slash big mouth character and uh and then i would have been who knows what it would have i probably got brain damage more and more. yeah i mean you Notice might not be here more. you'd be just yeah you'd be talking to you now and you'd be like hey joe you're yeah. right buddy um, <laughs> just, fine yeah. fine <laughs> He's yeah. just fighting just yeah. random people. That's wild that that almost. Yeah. Uh, I could see that if you don't fight for two years. I mean, that's we're talking about with comedy. Oh, yeah. When you don't go up and you're not being funny mm -hmm. and regularly being funny, then you lose that. What's the most time you've ever taken off? Uh, I don't even know. Uh, it should be like COVID. That should have been the answer. Like, uh, I took off that whole. But even that had to be a month or two. That's I, all I you did took those, off during COVID? No, I guess more. I should say more. What about, it's like, I never, I don't believe in COVID, so I never took any time <laughs> off. Uh, I, I, I did. That's the most comedy I've ever done. I think one of my biggest years were 2020. Uh, the most sets I've ever done. There's plenty of open there was, stages. Yeah, yeah, I go. It was wide open, dude. I was trying to get off. No Everybody one was lying to me. No one was there. And then, uh, there, no, I, during COVID, uh, I, I that was definitely the most time I took off whatever it was if, I guess a, a few months I don't know exactly and then stuff would you'd have like an outdoor thing and then I did a then I did the drive-in tour so we had that set up pretty quickly and then I went and did those and then so I was doing three four cities a night and my special I taped outside and so it's like you just adjusted to I, I never did drive-in shows. Did you I like those? Them. I love, dude. One of my Bert loved them. I loved them. It was. Do you want to go do them? I don't want to go do them all the time. Right. You it's wouldn't want to do it now. No, no. I'm doing amphitheaters right now, and do those like, have been. I like them. Some of them are great. Some, some of, of them are great. So far, they've been awesome. I heard Red Rocks is the shit. I have Bert not loved done it. Red, yeah. Burr loved it. Oh yeah, Red Rocks. I think is a Burr just filmed a special legendary. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Rocks is legendary. Like, and then. But then some of these, like I'm going to Wisconsin Dells, uh, I'm leaving tonight at midnight to just start driving there on the bus. And then I'll do that Saturday. And then, so I like the outdoors because you can hear them. It's just going to do different things. Right. Like the driving theaters was like, all right, well, if I'm going, I might as well just go see what it is. I want to, you know, you want to see your act yeah. kind of go through everything. And they're like, I'll go talk to these cars. And then you got to learn the timing of that. Chicago, we did one. And it was one of the uh, more memorable shows I think I'll ever have in my career. It was like starting to rain. It was like 45 degrees out. It was kind of chilly. I mean, there's 
it's there was 2,000 people there. It was like, I mean, so it's just car after car. And then they would laugh. And so they couldn't sit outside. People up front would sit outside, but then you can't. So they would like flash their lights and kind of honk for laughs. And they did it in a very, the timing was great. Like you're like, oh, I just got it now. Instead of hearing laughs, I'm just kind of going off the honks. honks. <laughs> and so then you're like, you kind of pause and beep, 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 beep. And then some lights flash and then. You got to just trust that you know how to do it. Yeah, I never did those, but I I did. I took a long time off. I did. Uh, I went from March when everything shut down to July, and then Texas was still doing shows, like in comedy clubs indoors. And I was like, that is crazy. And I remember me and Tony talking, and I'm like, do you want to like try it for a weekend? <laughs> you know, like apparently they had. They said that well, we have limited seating, and we yeah, yeah. we we socially distance everyone. Horseshit. We got there it was packed. The improv was fucking packed. <laughs> we got we got out there. I go, how the fuck are they socially distanced? This is not socially distanced. People had their masks under their noses. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um. And I did one weekend, and it was so much fun. But then, I got really high. And I thought, what if I got COVID and gave it to one of my guests? And even though I was testing every day, you know, we were testing really early on. I was like, but what if? Like, what if? It's not worth it. Like, what yeah. if What if someone got really sick? What if someone died? You know, I started thinking about that. I was like, okay, I have to be more responsible. And so then I waited. And then uh, we started doing outdoor shows. Chappelle and I started doing outdoor shows in Austin. He said, we got this place, let's do stubs, we could do it outside, we'll screen the entire crowd. And uh, we we definitely tested people positive. We, there was quite a few people that got kicked out of the show. Like, because there'd be this long line outside, they would test you, you have to wait 15 minutes, and the positive people that got sent home, I, you know, maybe half dozen or so during the, the course of all of our shows. But for the most part, people, you know, you know if you're sick, you know if you're not feeling good, and most people were responsible, yeah. and it was all outside anyway, and there's no outside transmission, really. And so we had these fucking amazing shows, and it felt so special that we were doing shows outside during the pandemic. And you know, it's Donnell Rawlings, it's me, Mo Ammer, Michelle Wolf. I mean, these were great fucking shows. Yeah, I went to one, the one where Ron White was there. Yeah, yeah. Ron did some shows with me. So then, you know, I, we were getting into that. Like, it was like, wow, we're doing stand-up again. If we have to do it just this way again, that's fine. But then one night we did the Vulcan. One night we did the Vulcan, and we did it on, I think it was a Thursday night. I think it was Red Band's night. Or maybe it was Tony Hinchcliffe's night. I don't remember what it was. But I remember Ron White saying that, well, I'm basically going to retire. Man, I think I've done enough. You know, I'm on a sell my jet. I'm gonna fucking kick back and just play golf, and I'm, I'm not doing stand up anymore. And then, you know, we said, "Hey, we got a show on Thursday night. You want to go do a set?" He's like, "Well, maybe I'll do one fucking set." <laughs> he goes on stage, and apparently, uh, he like took it very seriously and was he had an iPad and was like listening to old sets and going over his notes like all day, all day long. He goes on stage and fucking murders. Oh. I mean murders. 
murders. And then I'm up after him, and he comes off stage, and he grabs me by my shoulders, and he goes, whatever we got to do, we're fucking doing this again. <laughs> whatever we got to do. Like, he was just, <laughs> he was just electric, man. Yeah. I mean, he felt that juice again, and oh. when he went on stage, they went fucking apeshit. Like, he's a legend everywhere, but he lives in Austin, mm. you know? And so when he goes on stage in Austin, he's like, Rah! Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Once you went back to the indoors, Ooh, it was impossible. It was, yeah, it was you're impossible. like, this is what it's about. And like, also, the indoors in a club, like oh, amphitheater's yeah. great, outside's great, Stubbs is amazing, so much fun. But indoors in a club, just three hundred people, everybody tight in, like boom, ah, boom, yeah. madness. And we're all like, are we gonna die from this? Yeah. Like, is this? Are we gonna get <laughs> sick from this? This is when I was already doing like vitamin infusions and shit though. I was holding off all the colds. Yeah. I was keeping everything at bay. I was fucking on top. I was on point. I was doing hyperbaric chamber sessions. I was doing vitamin IVs. I was pretty fucking healthy just to try to like, if this shit comes, I got to be ready. Yeah. You know, but, uh, and then I was hooked. Once we started doing that, I said, okay, well, just, I'm just going to like really take care of myself and, you know, just fucking go back to doing shows. Yeah. It well, I mean, it changed. I mean, yeah, it's the uh, being around people. It's everything. It's like going to uh, a restaurant, going to any like you just that you know, getting people back together is yeah. it's you, you you everybody you saw how much you missed it. Well, that was one of the things that really sold my kids on Texas. You know, we when we came out here, I was just disillusioned with L.A. and I was very confused as to what the fuck they were doing. And when they wouldn't let people do outside shows and they wouldn't let restaurants or open, they wouldn't even let restaurants serve outside in some places. It was fucked. And it was just like, you're seeing these dipshits like the mayor of LA, that Eric Garcetti guy is a fucking idiot. You're seeing that guy like telling people what to do. And I was mm -hmm. like, this is a disaster. I gotta get the <laughs> fuck out of here. But I didn't know what to do. And I thought about moving to Utah at one point in time. I was gonna get a mountain house. I thought about moving to Montana. I was like, I just gotta get the fuck out of this city. Like, I don't trust these people. I don't wanna be under their governance. And then we came to LA with a bunch of friends from California that were thinking about moving to Austin. And we said, you know, and I was like, you know, I don't know, I'm, I wasn't sure if I wanted to move to Austin, but like, maybe that's a good place to be. I always love it here. And my fucking kids, when they came here, and you know, they were 10 and 12 at the time, and they were like, why doesn't anyone have masks on? How come it's different here? Like we go to a restaurant, we're just sitting in a restaurant, like this is like normal, this is normal. <laughs> we went and had barbecue outside and everyone's friendly and they're like, and then we went to the lake and uh, we were on the lake and the lady who was showing us this house, she's very smart, my friend Bridget, she's a good friend now, she took us out on a boat on the lake and my kids were like, we're jumping in the water and yeah. laughing and, and they're like, I wanna live here. And my wife was like, oh. And I go, let's buy a fucking house here. Mm, if you don't yeah. like it, we could, you know, we'll try it out for a year. And then it became, let's try it out for a year. And then as soon as, and we, here we, are. As soon as we lived here, my kids immediately loved it. Like they made friends, like normal kids. Like normal kids that don't want to be fucking reality TV stars. Like, Well, I think that's the biggest, is to get around regular people. I've been back in Nashville for seven years, I think where I'm from and our daughter we moved back when she was two 
And but it's like my family's there, and like she goes to school and she rides the bus. And your and your parents live there. Yeah, yeah. My parents yeah. are there. My wife's parents are about an hour away. That's like nice. everybody's super close, That's so we nice. see our family often. Yeah. And uh, and we're I mean, luckily I'm from Nashville, and Nashville's become a awesome town to move to. And but they're you know our daughter goes to school, rides the bus. Like it's trying to get, let her like have the most normal, normal kind of like yeah. existence and i think it's it's good for comics because we are i'm doing normal things i'm doing yes. you know it's like you're not uh even you know you're not thinking about the business the right. whole time like it's not like you you I mean even though you do think about it you know but it's not as you're like yeah i still gotta go run you know we go watch her play softball and then we go do this and then, yeah you know and it just makes it i think it just helps for your material a hundred percent it it also like it lets your material be pure in that it's just really who you are and what you and I never really had a problem with that but I know some people who would be hoping that they would get on a sitcom or hoping they would you know get a deal somewhere and so they would tone down bits or they would change bits they wouldn't do what's the most funny they would like pull back a little bit mm. because and they would say you would see them say things like on Twitter, like, Oh, you virtue signaling fuck. I know what you're doing. Like they're just trying to like signal to Hollywood, like, I'm on the right side. Yeah. I'm in the tribe, you know. Yeah. Here's my black square, it's Tuesday. You know, it's like they, they were doing these things where it was it was like real obvious that they were kind of captured by the idea of being a part of the system. Like if I play my cards right, one day I'll be Kevin Hart. If I play my cards right, one day I'll be Jimmy Fallon. I'll host a show, I'll do this. And so you're kind of captured by this possible promise of money that comes from this weird place, which is Hollywood. Yeah. The television and film industry. Out here is none of that. Yeah. And so it's free. It's just comic. It's just comedy. And the actual industry is podcasting which is the best industry for comics. It's the best industry for comics to be themselves, and it's also the best industry for comics because you get promoted way more. Like, like if, you're, if you're a comic and you're in with like all the podcasters, like you're going on people's podcasts, you're having, like I was just on Theo's podcast, he was on mine, and it's just fun as shit, having a great fucking yeah, just time, talking, yeah. just laughing our yeah. asses off, and it's like the best promotion for both of us. Best promotion for him, best promotion for me. It's like everybody's like out there doing their thing and everybody benefits from it. It's not like this. You're waiting for someone to give you a gig thing. You're hoping someone gives you a deal. No, you just live in life and doing comedy and you're rewarded for doing good comedy. You're rewarded for doing great sets. Like people talk about it like, oh man, you should have seen Nate last night. Holy shit, that's funny. And it, people get talking about it on podcasts and it, it benefits everybody. It's not like that. It's it it rewards you for being real as opposed to like you know settling into that system. Yeah, it makes it you can be yourself. Yeah. So you're completely yourself, and which is as a comedian, that's what you are selling is yourself. Yeah. You're going, I am me. This is what I'm doing, and then that's what it is. Exactly. I think it's yeah. It is interesting to uh, I like when I went to, when I moved, I lived in L.A. for two years, and then it was like going auditions and. I just was like terrible at him. Like I can only talk like this, and I don't know how to not do this. I wasn't. Uh, I remember getting a call back somewhere, and they were like, "She was like, if you dyed your like beard and hair just black, you would look young enough." And then I go back to the callback, still looking like this. And I think I was like, "Oh, yo, wanted me to do this for the callback." 
and I didn't realize that. And I was like, but what if I don't get it? Like, I'm not going <laughs> to die. I just die my... Walking around weird black yeah, hair. Yeah, and then you're like, <laughs> and y'all say no? Like, I'm right. just, the odds are I'm not getting this. Right. So I'm not going to go do something that's so crazy just to be like, nah, we're good, dude. Uh, and Why I remember, can't they imagine you with dark hair? What are they stupid? Yeah, you're how like, hard is it to dye? It takes ten minutes. That's where you're. That's where it's like, you're. They're looking. F- I don't know. They're not. They're looking for something. It, it's out of your hands. Isn't there some stuff that they can just spray? Like when girls do like purple hair and they could just rinse it right out. You yeah, can that do that. Probably been. You I could have probably like, done that. I didn't think about any of this at the time. <laughs> that shit they do on your face, though. I, I know that guys have put that. Like I don't know if it's just for men or some other company. They put stuff on their beard and it gives them a chemical burn on their face. It's fuck guys' oh, faces. That's crazy. I don't know which. Find out what that is. Like there's stuff that guys do where they try to get rid of the gray on their beard. And maybe it's whether you leave it in long or maybe people are allergic to it. But I went down a rabbit hole once and I saw a bunch of dudes with like burned faces. Well, can't you not like if you've already shown your gray, like if they've already seen it, then it's like can't go back. Can't like, yeah, if you like tomorrow show up and you're just try to be normal. (laughs) We both have just very black beards and we're like, hello. (laughs) Well, We thought about doing that for Sober October because all of us are going bald. Oh, well, I'm fully bald, but like Ari's pretty bald, Tom's bald, Bert's going bald. Like we should wear wigs, which is like for the whole oh, month. Yeah. The whole month, the whole yeah. month, you have to wear like a wacky dupe. Yeah, <laughs> get one glued on. Just a wig. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wear it every. They make make fucking good ones though. I know some guys who have toupees, and you're like, damn, I can't even tell. Like they, it's I guess it's called a lace front, where the front, you know, like your hairline, like I can see through to your scalp, yeah. and that's how it looks in the beginning, and then the rest of it is all filled in. I I don't think I I'm a good toupee. I don't think I can tell. Like well, I'm saying, I fall for it. Like because I, you have a full head of hair. Yeah. Oh, so that's why. Okay. That's how you just know. for men's hair dye. Users report allergic reactions. Yeah. See if you can find some images. Because there were some gross images of like dudes with like burns on their face, like chemical burns oh. all over their face. But they might have done, they might have used some wacky shit. They and that's where you go do that just to yeah. they go, oh, we're going to pass. <laughs> we're not going to take you. As someone who's dyed their hair before, you are supposed to check your skin to see if you have an allergic reaction before you do everything. Isn't your face like such more... a dude thing? They go, I'll <laughs> be all right, though. <laughs> what is going on with that guy over there? This one? The one to the right of that. Oh, man. What is happening with him? That looks. Oh, he still has to die on. Oh, it goes horrifically wrong. Okay, let's. See. Oh, he dyed his beard for his girlfriend. Man's girlfriend dyed his beard. Oh boy. That's let's it. pretend you're twenty. Oh, oh yeah, that's what I saw. And Look he's like, that. "Is this what you wanted? Hey, fucking asshole. Is this what you wanted? You done to my face?" <laughs> yeah, what if that shit's permanent? Dude, that's fucking. Gr- remember? Well, I don't remember Brody. Brody Stevens had uh, his face lasered because he Brody's a hairy motherfucker. His hair would go like like a wolf arr, all the way up to his eyeballs, and so he got his cheeks lasered off, and someone burnt a hole in his fucking cheek. I think what? He had a, yeah, it was bad, man. He was super self conscious about it. And Brody was already like struggling with depression. He was very upset by it. The guy like he had a hole in his face, like it was like a like a large divot. Where this guy had fucking burned a hole in his face, removing his face. And he just burns the hair off permanently? Yeah, it's like girls do it with their cooter. Yeah. I, I want to do it with my... Guys can do it on their back. Yeah? I don't have a ton of hair on my back, but I it's enough. I got a ton of hair on my back. I got... Do you shave it? 
I, my wife shaves it. I can't yeah. shave it myself, obviously. Yeah. There's a thing that supposedly I always just see. I've never done it. But. You can get a mess of patch. Yeah, and they just have like a. You're like, what's that? You go swimming, and it's just you the weirdest. Go to the beach, <laughs> fucking weird question. It's mark worse on your than back. having a full back hair. <laughs> yeah, it's just like this weird. I don't mind my back hair. It doesn't bother me at all. Why? Well, like yeah, it. you didn't. I had my wife shaved it when we went to, uh, like once. It is night when you don't have it. You're. I think about it some, but then you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Then you forget about it. Then you're like. Where am I with my shirt off? To, like, you're just your my shirt's not off enough to commit to it. Right. It's not like in a situation where I'm like super worried about it. Yeah. Well, a back hair doesn't in, doesn't bother me. Chest hair doesn't bother me either. My pubes can get a bit unruly. Yeah. But that's where manscaped comes <laughs> in. <laughs> they've they've developed a, a razor specifically for your ball sack. Yeah, that's good. Manscaped has a yeah. they call it the lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. It's just for your just for your sack. It's nice. You have a cigar in you. Do I? Yeah. Where is it at? Well, it's right in the middle now. Did I get it? I think so. We'll find out in a little bit. I have a tiny little gap there. I think everybody has a good gap. No, yeah. Do they? Yeah, or yeah. no? Do I got it? Yeah. Okay. You're good now. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's the the gray hair thing is a weird thing. Because, like, women don't like it at all. They do not like going gray. But a guy can go gray, and yeah. it, like, makes him look like a man of distinction. He's it got works. experience. Well, I think if everybody gradually lets themselves go whatever they want to go. It's like, if you let everything grow, like, I think, I was thinking about it, like, sometimes you see, I just saw a thing of, uh, just because a movie, someone posted some of Diane Keaton. She looks unreal. Like, but I, it, like, it... And she, I mean, she's got to be 70-something. Well, let me see a picture of Diane Keaton. Uh, well, what about Keanu Reeves' girlfriend? Like, she's full gray hair. Oh, really? Yeah, she's full head of gray hair. Looks great. It, you know, I think, like, that looks good. Yeah. It, I think th that looks better to me than than this shit. Yeah, yeah. Your face yeah, is I don't back. know. Yeah, I think whatever, if she does something, it's like, it makes it look very natural. She looks like a healthy older woman. Yes. Who's lived a, a long life. You yeah. Know? That's good. I like it. Yeah. Dress is yeah. very fun. What does I say about Ellen DeGeneres? Did Ellen cunt over her? Oh, she says it's, the set exudes happiness. Oh. All right. She was nice to her. Never mind. I guess let's take it all back. They let Ellen she run should, it back. I'll be honest, you run it back, Ellen. You should, yeah, she's Diane Keaton should come back and pretend she's an assistant, put on a mask, and see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I meet yeah. the real Ellen yeah. now. He goes, "What's that?" <laughs> Ellen just she gets hit in the back with the back <laughs> of the head. What was that? Hey, cunt! Where's my fucking coffee? Yeah. Like, oh, it's a little different, isn't it? Funny how that like people found out that she wasn't that person, and they freaked. But they're watching the show. Like, they let her have a very long, gradual... I, I, that's what I don't understand. It was like, it was, people got mad, and then it was like, all right, take your time on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> Do a farewell season. And you're like, oh, I thought y'all, like, hated her. Like, I thought it was bad. But Well, I think it was probably sometimes bad. And those sometimes bad moments, when you rack them up over 14 years or whatever mm -hmm. the fuck it was she was doing her show, that looks horrible, you know? She probably had some rough days. Look, she's a fucking performer. She's, and also she grew up a gay woman. It's probably she's probably got fucked with, and she probably dis felt discrimination, a yeah. lot of shit. She probably harbors some resentment. Man, who knows what great her deal comedian was. too. And there's also yeah, very good comedian. And also there's this thing where you kind of get away with it. 
because when you're on a set, like you, you know what it's like. Like everybody's like, if you're the star of the show, everybody comes to you with a bagel and coffee, and they kiss your ass. And if you're susceptible to that, if you don't self audit, you can get sucked into that and start thinking you're that fucking person. It's wild. I shot a pilot. I mean, I even see it sometimes on the road, but it's like I shot a pilot, and uh, it was. You have like people that are just they're like it'll be like they bring you. You want Starbucks? You can say anything, anything, anything you barbecue. want. Get me barbecue. I want a bar. Yeah, yeah. you want barbecue. I want the, whatever you want. You're like I want to uh, drive a Nissan Sentra today. And yeah. they, someone will, will go figure out how to do that. Yeah. And if you don't, like you said, if you don't self audit, if you don't realize this is crazy, that's what I always like. You gotta have like I got a lot. I still talk to like all my high school buddies and stuff like that. But you need people that are going to be regular people. So you can't if you're like, hey, do you want to go uh, to Alaska tomorrow? And you need someone that's like, I got like a job and stuff and like my family, and I can't. Yeah. You know that's insane that you want to go do something like that. You're like that is insane. That is insane that I said that, and I needed to be reminded. Because you can get a little squirrely because your yeah. hours are different, and yeah. you're just like, what are you doing tomorrow? You want to go uh, caving? And they're like, I got to gotta work, man. I got to work, dude. My my daughter has fucking cheer practice. cheer. <laughs> then I got the dentist. I go, the what? son's got Little League. It's what the fuck Tuesday. Are you about? What is your life, you're dude? You're going you're to like, Alaska? That is right. You're going to get eaten by Thank a bear, you. and I'm going to yeah. be like... Foul ball. And then they ask you, they're like, do you want to go out to dinner on Saturday night? Are they like, are you out of your mind? Saturday night, so I can't work. It's a long time I can't go. Yeah. Would you like to go to lunch at uh, 12 a.m. on a Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? That's the one thing about comics that you hang out with people that have that wacky schedule. You get accustomed to that. You wind up texting your friend at 2 o'clock in the morning. He's like, bro, why the fuck are you texting me? I'm sleeping. Oh, and you have no con. You're like, oh, yeah, why are you so asleep at two? Yeah, you're like, who are you, dude? <laughs> Did you not do a late show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And you get so used to like waking up late too. If I texted a comic at ten and they like were like, oh, I fell asleep, I would be like, so you quit comedy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's your way of telling me. Because <laughs> how are you? Yeah, it is a sadness when people quit comedy. You know, when someone's good and they quit comedy, I get bummed out, man. I really yeah. do. Who quit? Like, I don't want to name names, oh, but yeah. quite a few friends. Oh, like in were, the, were pretty good. Yeah, like yeah guys yeah. who were opening acts for me, mm -hmm. who I felt like had some potential, and they just, you know, for whatever reason, just kind of. A lot stop. of times they get sucked into the business. They want to be in writers, and uh, there's a good living in being a writer. So you know, you'll 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 be getting those steady paychecks. But you know, there's a few guys that I think literally are some of the best comics in the world. But they, Owen Smith, you know Owen Smith mm -hmm. from L.A.? Mm -hmm. That motherfucker is one of the best comics on earth. He is so funny and so polished and so likable. He's such a nice guy and so smart. And I'm always blown away that that guy is not headlining arenas all over the He should be, Owen Smith should be headlining arenas all over the world. He's a fucking assassin. But he's a showrunner. He's, he's doing well, these things. Yeah. He's doing, but... He knows, like, which is a crazy thing to go be as a showrunner. He's very successful. It's not not a bad thing that he's doing well in Hollywood. But it, I feel like, as a comic, I feel like it just sucks that he's not recognized for this one thing that he does so well. He's so funny, man. Yeah, I try to think like seeing guys stop. They do become writers. Yeah, like I've seen a lot of comics that they they come up and they're. I mean, like really be doing spots like. 
you're like, it's not like it's like someone half doing it. It's right, like killing. Killing yeah. and fully doing it, and then they go and they get into writing. But it's, I think people find their, you know, so you just kind of find whatever lane yes. that you're kind of like, all right, well, then this seems the path for me in this scene. Like, that's like auditioning. I learned, like, all right, well, I'm going to have to either write a show for myself or and, or just be a stand-up and, like, just be this because I'm not, I don't do well trying to be someone else or yeah. I'm doing these auditions, it's embarrassing. I'm right. embar- you know, it's like... I mean, some of them, I emailed a lady and apologized because it was so bad. I was like, I shouldn't have been in there because <laughs> I had to like You act. emailed her? What, yeah, what yeah. a nice guy you are. Well, I just, it was, she was very nice and she was always like bringing me into stuff because I don't I always get brought in because it's like, I, you know, I talk different. Like, I think in theory they want like me to, uh. You know, it's like, yeah, this guy's different. Yeah. And then I go show them that it's like, it's not going good. And <laughs> and then they're like, that's eh, not what we thought. I was like, yeah. And then, uh, so I emailed her and apologized. I had uh, the luckiest run in Hollywood of all time because I only auditioned for two shows and I got both of them. Is it news radio? and No, a show called Hardball and then a show called News Radio. So I did oh, Hardball, wow. it was a show on Fox. I did that. And then I went from hardball, I went to news radio. Wow. So it was like I was working like right away. How long was hardball on? Real quick. Six, seven episodes. It was a disaster. It was an interesting situation though because the guys who wrote it, um, they were really, Jeff and Kevin, uh, Jeff Martin and Kevin Curran, I think those are their names, really funny guys who wrote on The Simpsons. And they wrote on Married with Children, and they were really funny. But they were, like, kind of introvert writer guys who are really cool and just, like, kind of like kind of nerdy but fucking great writers. And then Fox bought the pilot. We did a pilot, me and uh, Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer was on it with me, and Jim and I were good buddies. Yeah. So we had a great fucking time. And uh, Mike Starr from Goodfellas was in it and a couple wow. other people. And we did this pilot, and it got picked up. And then when it got picked up, they were like, yeah, but you guys can't be a showrunner. You don't know what you're doing. Like, we're going to bring in a real showrunner. And they brought in this showrunner who just butchered the thing, just turned it into this shitty, like, cut-and-paste, copy-paste sort of pot of, of a sitcom. And it was terrible, and it got canceled. That's why you need Owen Smith to go be a showrunner. Yeah, you, need you actually need to, people right. that's going to go in there and yeah, in that case, in yeah, that, in that scenario. Well, you, we we needed those guys. Jeff and Kevin should have been the guys who it was their idea. Yeah. Like they were baseball fans, and they had this idea of doing this baseball sitcom, and that was what it was. Phil Rosenthal had that with uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. They tried to get someone else to showrun him, and he was like, no. He just was like, uh, we just won't. He's going to quit. Was it like. And just stood his ground. They said, all right. Thank God. I got news radio because they fired Ray Romano. Oh, yeah. Ray Romano was the original character that I played. (laughs) So they fired Ray. Luckily, they fired Ray during the pilot. And then they hired another guy during the pilot to, to play my part. And then they fired him. So I wasn't taking Ray's job. I was taking the guy who took Ray's job. Because I was friends with Ray. Yeah. So it's like... You know, sometimes something like that will happen and you think it's the fucking end of the world. But for Ray, it was like the greatest thing that could have ever happened to him because then he went on to do his own thing and it was fucking brilliant. Yeah. it That's interesting to like just with that pilot I shot. Like, you see, like cause they have to fire people 
And like you know, like you think about like the kid actors, mm. and like they're not doing. You gotta go tell a seven year old like it's all right. That's enough, yeah. and it's over. And Ooh. you're like, this is a brutal world. I was thinking about the pilots too. Like that's what's crazy with TV is you go. They spend a million dollars, two million dollars on a pilot, and then they say no. And you're like, well, they shot it like it's a real TV show. Yeah. There's hundreds and hundreds and probably thousands of TV shows Yeah, with huge actors. Yeah, that never went anywhere. That never went anywhere. You're like, how do you not like put those at? Like, yeah. I, I thought someone said on Twitter once, some, it was like, you should have a channel that's like a pilot channel. And you're just like, these are the shows that didn't. And then just see what they do. Like, yeah. you know, the, like, there's an episode or there's this. And yeah. How do you not use that? Well, there probably could be a channel of all failed pilots where they could show them all. I mean, you would see yeah. unbelievable amounts of like the people that came huge stars that did these pilots that went nowhere. It's hard to do one of those things, man. To put together an actual pilot and have it come out and be a real show, that is fucking, that's a grind because you got a lot of moving pieces. You got a lot of different executives with their, and they all have their own little hot takes on mm -hmm. how things should, like, people aren't funny at all. And they'll come in and tell you, Nate, I like what you're doing, but I wish you were just a little bit more active. Yeah. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe, like, you come in, you're jogging in place, you're, like, distracted, like, and you're like, what? Like, what do you, and then you, do I have to listen to this? And then the, the showrunners have to meet with the executives and the executives want to bring in a gay friend and they want to bring in a handsome guy. And there's like, there's all these different like pieces that get shoved into the mix. So many cooks in the kitchen. It's amazing how many shows come out good at all. Oh, it's in, it's borderline impossible that a show could get made. They'd always, a big one when I would write the shows, they'd always talk about conflict. And so you turn it in, they're like, we well, just don't know where the conflict is. And I was going to be like, everybody has cancer. Everybody, <laughs> everybody in the show. Is that is that good? It's still show done exactly like it is, but everybody's got cancer. One person has a gun. <laughs> just like that's the conflict of the show. There always has to be conflict, but you know, I mean, really, it's just about interactions. It's just about funny interactions. Like, it's uh, the cast is a big part of it. Yeah. You have to believe that cast. You have to uh, everything kind of does have to come together, but it's they get in. You know, I would, like we the when the one I shot was a multicam, and so they always wanted to do a multicam. Like I, I would always take out multicams or write multicams because it's like in theory they want to do these multicams because they're cheaper and they're all this stuff. But then you're like you're going to pitch it to someone that's not watching a multicam. Like they don't watch it, so you, the, they're watching all these you know uh, single camera shows or whatever thing that's cool. So then they see the multicam because they their business side of their minds wants this cheap way to make a show. But then when they go to make the decision, they're like, well, I don't like that, the way it looks or something. You're like, I'm doing this because you told me to write it this way. Right. And then, but you watch, you're only watching this other thing. Yeah. But, but weirdly enough, those multicams are the ones that are still on. Seinfeld, uh, news radio, is that still on? Like it's- uh, Yeah, you can watch it. It was on forever. Like on stuff. Look at all the, uh, these, you know, Seinfeld, King of Queens, Raymond, these shows are monsters still today. But they don't do them anymore. Do no, they? But, but no. Is there no, a, that's what I mean. How many of them are on TV Big now? Bang Theory was the last probably giant one. Yeah. I don't know if there's one. Netflix had uh, the one with uh, Ashton Kutcher. Uh, what did they do? What was that? Uh, Multicam. Oh, that was the old show that they brought back. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck was that? I forget what it was called. But it was... 70s show, right? 
wasn't it? No, no, no they brought the that back. Ranch. No, the ranch or something. The ranch. Like that, maybe? Oh, the what ranch. is that? I don't even know what that is. It's a, uh, I guess it's on family on the ranch. I'd hope it's about a ranch. Did you ever watch? Surprisingly, sitcoms? not about a ranch. Yeah, sure. What did you watch? Uh, everything. I grew when up you were young. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but News like radio, as an adult. Seinfeld. Right. Did you watch oh. anything as an adult? Uh, when would I have stopped? No, I stopped watching the stuff probably like you know I was in college and high school. Do you go I, back and watch Seinfeld? I remember I watched uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I'm like, well, this is the end because this is so good. They're never going to go back to doing it the other way. There's the ranch. The ranch. Yeah, but they did. That's a sitcom. Yeah, but I still go back and watch. Uh, uh, how uh, I still go watch. Uh, uh, Seinfeld and uh, Raymond and right, but do you watch it like I watch in, Seinfeld in, every in day? St- what is that donuts thing? What the fuck is I that? I don't have any idea. I mean, it's just oh, that, I don't know yeah. where all these are coming up. Uh, Superior Plus. Donuts yeah. 2017. Get the fuck out of here, the Judd Hirsch. <laughs> There's some of those shows. That it's like, where did that go? Like, it's what like is the Miss Pat show? Isn't that a multicam show? It's yes. yes, that's a very good show. Yeah, Miss Pat show is a very good show. That is fucking funny. And I was like, when when Miss Pat was saying she was going to do a sitcom, I'm like, God damn it, she's so raw. Like, have you ever done a, a podcast with her? No. One of the funniest fucking human beings that's ever yeah. lived. She's so funny, and her story is so crazy. Yeah, yeah. She was pregnant at 14 uh, with a crack dealer's baby. Like she was selling crack. Like she's been sh- she shot got her one of her nipples shot off. Like she's crazy, yeah. and she's hilarious. And they nailed it. They figured out how to cap, but they also did it on streaming, where uh, you know it's on it's on BET Plus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's on something else now too. Yeah, I just saw it too. I don't know exactly. Is what it, it on is, Paramount? I don't know. It's on something else, but find out what it's on. I'm checking. It's last year. It's renewed for a second this is, season. This was last year. So. That's it's, where stand-ups thrive in a exactly. multi in a multicam because well, there's she, an audience. She's so powerful, man. She's such yeah. a powerful performer, and it's just like. You know, she's funny too, man. There was like this one girl that was on stage at the comedy store one night, and, uh, you know, she was kind of like half assing her set. And Miss Pat was angry. She's like, this bitch is out there fucking barely even fucking trying. What the (laughs) fuck is she doing? Get the fuck off that stage. Like, she was like, like, legitimate. Like, she's such a force when she gets on stage, and she goes for it. She had a hard life. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So yeah. when she sees someone like lazy, she gets crazy. Yeah. It was it was kind of hilarious. And that's that's a thing that's filtered into. It's nice to like you see that Miss Pat energy where you're like, yeah, this is a show. Yes. Whatever you think, the con like if you're like, well, we're at the comic store, we're working out. You're like, they audience paid. Right. And they're spending a lot of money to come out. Right. I'm. This is not. I'm sorry, you're not at Madison Square Garden at the moment. But this is like when is it when is it enough that you go and like do your act and go do and like actually you know I don't know she got a season three look at that but it is on somewhere else too right it is available a few other places but this was the news she got she got like a bigger deal with BET nah. to do oh, more, well. more stuff than just this Dude, comics comics are good at the at scripted show. That yes. the, all the ones I'm talking about, they're all comedians. Yes. And there's your proof that, that I think people still want this because it's something that you can put on and it's not this full on. Every, every show can't be like this whole thing. When you want to watch something, you're like, I, wa- I'm, I like, love Narcos, but I haven't watched the last season because you're just like, I don't. I mean, I love it so much, but you're like, I, don't, I, can't, do, I can't dive into 10 hours of just 
this again murder murder <laughs> like it's and i gotta follow everything then i'm yeah. like who's that guy and you gotta you're like i can't and then so i watch seinfeld or like i, I just watch something that i now i'm watching old movies or uh all this kind of stuff that you're like i can kind of mindlessly kind of watch i don't feel like i have to be too involved in it because it's too much it's yeah. too there's and there's too much of it that you end up going that's why the i believe like the office and so like these shows are the most popular shows on these streaming because people are like i just want to like just veg yes yeah people like to do something that's like simple and that takes them away i said that i was uh watching with my family during the pandemic we were watching that ali wong show there's a show that ali wong is like one of this girl's neighbors she's like this overweight mom and there's the guy who's the husband who's like a professor and it was like a simple sort of sitcom pretty funny i could watch it you know with my 10 year old and we could laugh you yeah know? it was like well, nothing too crazy it was like uh it's like it's a vibe right like a, a sitcom it's stuff vibe. for families yeah you gotta think tgif when that was on mm -hmm. that was about you and your family going right. around and watching tv and you watch all friday night thank god it's and friday, yeah stuff for families i feel like uh, a lot of tv now can separate even the wife and the husband it's you know my wife watches all the housewife shows and, right and then i'm watching you know narcos murder or murder yeah like <laughs> just and she's watching shows how to murder me and then uh god she watches all that like why stuff. do women watch those fucking shows uh, those, just an out those, for an out but they figure <laughs> like the one day they go in because when it finally gets to it but they they like watching like murder shows and murder mystery shows where it's like real crime like where they're talking about like serial killers, it's like mostly women watching those. Mm -hmm. Do you think they're trying to like understand like what makes a male murderer? Is that what it is? Because they're not that. I feel like they're nosy. <laughs> they <laughs> can't even let a serial killer live his own life. He's like, I'm just trying to do my killings in peace. Yeah, I walked in. My my wife, and my daughter were watching this fucking documentary on uh, the the that Richard Ramirez guy. I think they like watching. Uh, I I can get in moods where I want to watch that stuff, but I I couldn't watch it every day. Uh, my wife records uh Doctor Phil People's Court. Um, we still have Directv. I have a hundred and fifty People's Court. It's all her on the DVR, and it's like she watches like that. Those are what she'll watch like. Kind of, I don't. I guess Doctor Phil's still on. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so she watches Doctor Phil and then People's Court, and then she'll watch that kind of stuff. I'm really good friends with Dr. Phil's son. Oh, really? Yeah, we're buddies. We party yeah. together. Hung yeah, out together, go on vacations with our families together. Yeah. He's the best. He's yeah. a great guy. He's like, I always thought that like if you were the son of someone famous, you had to be fucked. He's so normal. Normal. He's a fucking super great yeah. guy. I heard Dr. Phil's cool too. He's the yeah. best. I had yeah. him in here. He was so fun. He was hilarious. Yeah. I asked him about the Cash Me Outside girl because like he made her famous. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> He's a Isn't she like character. a real business now? Bro, she's um she's richer than me. That bitch is <laughs> that bitch is balling out of control. Yeah. She made like a hundred million dollars off of OnlyFans showing her asshole. How much did she make? Something crazy on OnlyFans. That's insane. Like she was like the number one earner on OnlyFans. What is she doing? Yeah. She, she posted the receipts, if you will. Let me to, see. Uh, Let me see these receipts. Look at this. Bad Baby posts receipts to prove her $50 million OnlyFans earnings. Look, what the fuck, man? See, she took a little video showing her in the app behind, like, the behind-the-scenes that only she could see. Uh -huh. That shows her, like, revenue. 
That's Jesus wild. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's how much she's Look at that. For a month. April, $7 million. That's 100000 I think. 700000 Oh, $700,000 yeah. for April. That's incredible. I mean, that's is that that, that is that ten million or that's a, yeah it, that's a million. It's million. Down there. There's a period there. You just, there's no. Oh, okay. Commas there's anything. no commas. So that's mm. one million. That's getting higher and higher. Two hundred thirty-nine million, 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 million dollars a day. It, yeah. No, I don't know how to read. Three million down there. August. She made two million in August. Three million in July. Four point four four point six in June. Mm. That's crazy. Balling. She's balling. And what is she doing on there? We should join. Um, Can we join? Why don't we join OnlyFans just to see her? Go do it on your computer. That's, Go ahead, do it. There's better ways to spend money. <laughs> <laughs> How much does it cost? It turns out you can look up most of the stuff online. Oh, you know read it? Uh, it was 4chan. I've 4chan heard. I've heard. All... I've heard. What, what do you mean you've heard? You've I, seen it. I looked. Stop lying. I wouldn't do that. You do. I don't know what 4chan is. Really? Yeah, I've heard I've heard about it. Good, I hear people say it. Stay pure, Nate. Yeah. Stay off of is it. Is it a Reddit? No. It's like... Reddit on Adderall, plus very little restrictions. Yeah, is just <laughs> wild people, yeah. wild people stuck in cubicles that make the most ruthless and funny memes, and they say ridiculous shit, and they almost cause the insurrection of the capital. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's 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 really what it. I mean, that's the highlight of that film, um, the uh, or the uh, documentary series. Uh, into the storm mm. about QAnon. You aware of all? You know what that is? Yeah, yeah. That I mean, so, like you know. Did you ever watch that documentary, the yeah. HBO thing? It's very interesting. It's called Into the Storm, and it's all about these uh, people that get duped by these people pretending to be insiders in the Trump administration and saying how they're going to take down all the pedophiles and, you know, Trump is running some secret covert operation and he's going to bring down the swamp. And they all bought into it hook, line, and sinker, and it leads up to the January 6th insurrection. It's pretty fucking wild. Wow. But it all starts on 4chan. 4chan, then 8chan, and then what was the other one? 8coon? Is that what it was? Yeah, that sounds right. There's a lot of them. I went in there the other day. I went in one of them. I think it was 4chan the other day. I just said, let me see what these psychos are up to. (laughs) It's just fucking, it's madness, man. Because they're all anonymous. Everyone's anonymous, right? So you could post like the wildest shit. And it's basically shit posting. And they're saying things to try to be the most outrageous and try to freak each other out. It's freedom, right? It's like, it's not real life. It's it's anonymous. It's not even your name. It's like numbers, right? Like who are you? Who knows? Say some crazy shit. So it's like people that fucking hate their job as insurance salesmen, and they'll just type wild shit. So here's four can four chan right now. Four chan is a simple image based bulletin board where any can, anyone can post comments and share images. So let's find something in there. Go to um, yeah, careful. <laughs> let's yeah. something controversial. Let's get go with controversial, creative, other business, finance, travel. LBGT pony random. I mean, is everything controversial in here? Adult. It can be. Yeah. 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 Super. Super. It's like, what would be like a good thing to check into? That's like extreme. Politically incorrect. Bam. Let's go to that one. Politically incorrect. Accept. You have to accept. Comply with the rules. I like how it says rules in quotes because there's very few fucking rules. The rules of 4chan, which are also linked in the homepage. Okay. Was it? What kind of crazy shit are these people posting? Um, hmm. What are they talking about? Mass okay. shootings? 
fire festival. Pension for wearing your mother's clothes, perhaps, or have you gone straight to walk? Yeah, see, like whacking off to old school photos of your classmates. See, look, everyone is anonymous, right? So they're all just like typing wild shit, and scroll down lower. It's it's when if you had like it's mostly young men, or older men with no families. That's our housewives. Yeah. Is uh, these? I bet, I bet there's some fucking housewives in there too, but I think it's. No, I'm saying that's what like our wives watch housewives, and then oh, right. their husbands are there. Yeah, it's, I think it's mostly disenchanted people, and they're they're attracted to this idea that, that they're completely anonymous, and then they could just like have this community of people who are faceless, nameless, and they just talk wild shit to each other. That's wild. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I guess that appeals. I guess you're going to be appealed to it more and more as the younger, like as you grow up in this world. Well, I think for people, it's it's a way to communicate without any boundaries, without completely being uncensored and without any repercussions mm-hmm. because they're uncensored. But there are repercussions. Like I remember there was this one guy that was posting a bunch of wild shit, awful shit on 4chan, and then people found out who he was and he got fired from his job. And he oh, was, wow. and he was just a normal guy. And his his take was like, "Hey, that's not really me. This is like I'm almost like playing a character. Like this is like fantasy for me. It's fun. Like just because I wrote those things, those are not my real thoughts." And they're like, "Get the fuck out of our office." Yeah, like you they can't. just fired him, which is interesting, right? Because like he's not because if he wrote a movie, right, and and did all that, he could win an Oscar, right? Right? Like you can have a movie where it's a celebrated movie where a man beats a woman to death, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, spoiler alert, there's a scene in there where Brad Pitt beats a woman to death on a fireplace, smashes her head. It's fucking wild. But, like, if you talked about that on stage, like, people would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, if you wrote, wrote that in a post on 4chan and then, you know, your employer found out about it, you get fired, which well, is it's very strange. Yeah. I, think, I think now that I'm thinking about, it, I think the guy might have done something really shitty. I think he might have docked someone or something, and then they got rid of him. But it's just people think that that's you, you know you have like a, a, a opportunity to just be free of expectations. You know, be, because like oh you're Mike, you know the fucking general manager of the fucking. Muffler shop, but meanwhile you're on 4chan posting pictures of giant black dicks and fucking (laughs) (laughs) wild shit, you know, but it's But could they get rid of that with like if everybody had to have their real name on online or something? Yeah, it would would ruin everything. Yeah, it would ruin that kind of community. Yeah, because that's not really real life I mean, maybe some of those people have those real thoughts. Maybe some of those people are just you know, playing, like they're having fun, pretending to be complete fucking assholes, and then mixed in are real sociopaths, real psychos who gravitate towards this and are trying to find, like, the most disturbing images of mass murder and throw those up, too. Yeah. So do you think there ever be a phase where you have to, like, you have, like, online real identity, or does that get... I think that will probably come about when there's no more privacy. Yeah, which I think is on is on the way. I think privacy is. Uh, I think privacy is going to go out the window. I think that is the, the general direction where online uh, life and technology are headed, to the point where everyone has 
access to almost everything. If it's on, you know, if you're if you're doing it online, I think everyone's going to have access to it, and it's it's going to be very difficult to hide behind like fake identities mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Like <clears throat> that can make you like that stuff. You know, it's like I feel like the older you get to, like you start thinking, like you're seeing people like. You don't want to live in a city. You want to live, like, away from, you know, like, land. Like, you want to buy... You know, I think about that more now. Like, mm-hmm. you're just like, I want to buy some land somewhere. Well, that's you want peace. Yeah. You get older, you're just like, what am I doing? It is. That is, yeah. This is all fucking stupid. I want you to wake get up it. and hear birds chirping. Yeah. Yeah. And you see, like, I, you can see somewhere like, 70, you're like, I don't care about <laughs> anything. And you're like, I get how you would be there. Yeah. Because you just stop caring. Well, you just get overwhelmed by external information, and you don't want it anymore. And you get to put, you know what I'd like? I'd like to go out in a fucking, just a field and have lunch. Yeah. Just sit there and have my lunch out there with birds chirping and shit, and just relax. Relax, and don't be inundated by external information constantly, which is what most of us are, especially if you're on your phone all day. You're just inundated with external information. Nonstop. Nonstop. I've cut out most of that in my life, and it's made a significant impact. You know, uh, uh, initially I stopped on Twitter because I was realizing that it's just making me, it was disturbing me, like it was bothering me. And there's like so many hateful people, so many angry people. I'm like, I don't, this is, I don't like this. And I don't think like this is like genuinely uh, constructive. I don't think they're getting anything done. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it just seems like they're just like monkeys throwing shit at each other. I'm like, this is a terrible environment yeah. to like have your mind exposed to. And so when I stopped doing that, it helped me tremendously. It was like a giant weight lifted off my shoulder. First thing I stopped doing is reading my own mentions. Like years ago, I stopped reading things that people were writing about me. And that was nice. I stopped reading comments on YouTube. That was nice. And then I stopped reading people. I'm like, occasionally, I'll go into Twitter like once or twice a day. Just to say, like, what's the zoo look like? You know, like, oh, look, monkeys throwing shit. Then I just get out of there. Yeah. But it's not, I don't think it's a healthy environment. You know, it's just, there's so much, you know, you did this and you said that and fuck you and you should go to jail and we should try him for treason and this person should fucking. (sighs) Just like, isn't there more to life? It's not balanced. But I think there's, there, if you, it's almost like the, the, the people on that world, we've given them the keys to the city and you're like, that's, that's nobody. Nobody's, that's literally a small, tiny group of people that are just living this world. The majority of them are just like when you go do live shows and you're like, yeah, dude, people are just going out. People are just going out to shows and they love shows and they have fun and whatever city that you think could be left or right or whatever it is, the crowds are awesome and they're excited to be there and it's just fun. And then it's it's the acknowledgement of like, but all these people are saying all this. You're like, it doesn't matter what they're saying. That's that website saying that. So don't go look at that website. It's not even remotely. You couldn't even go. We go walk and randomly find people. Well, and we you, found one last night. That lady who yelled at Tony. Yeah, they they get yeah. sucked in. So it's not that they don't exist, but you got to think that's one person out of all those people. Right. Well, that's representative, right? Because that's one person out of two hundred and seventy people, mm-hmm. and so that's pretty normal. But if you get the whole country, that's millions of people. Like if you have one out of, you know, one out of a hundred. 
and then you have 300 million people. You got 3 million fucking crazy people. Mm. And if they're on social media and they're complaining on Facebook and you, you read their fucking posts like, oh, you'll think this is the whole world. But this is a small percentage of people who are perpetually outraged and who engage in recreational outrage. Like that is part of the way they spend their day is being upset about things all day long. It's yeah. not constructive. It's not good for you. It, I think it's very bad for your anxiety and your psyche. And oh, yeah. It's a shit way to communicate. Because even if you were talking to a person, I firmly believe that if you were talking to a person that you really disagreed with, but you uh, you were civil and calm and peaceful, and you talked to them in, in like a normal way, you could probably avoid any kind of like name calling and shit. It's things that people do when they don't see your face, they're not looking at you, they don't feel bad if they insult you, and they just do it like they're just sending a fucking carrier pigeon off with this this <laughs> shitty note. <laughs> and not you know, not knowing like who's yeah. gonna receive it or how it's gonna affect them. And, Imagine those old days, like you wrote something bad. I mean yeah. it would take a <laughs> month, right, to get that pigeon to get you like the weekend, you're like, I shouldn't I hope he does. I hope the pigeon dies. I uh, shouldn't have sent that. We're about to start a war. We'll send a hawk after that pigeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get that's their delete button. They're like, God, I shouldn't have. I wrote some crazy stuff last night. That's Game of Thrones, right? Send a raven. Yeah, yeah. They would send ravens. Send a message. Yeah, that's just, how they would get all their messages. Yeah. Go back to those days. Well, I don't think that's. We've well, seen people in the like. Uh, I've started hiking. Oh yeah. And yeah, I've gotten pretty. We, we went to uh, Calgary and we went up to Banff. And we started doing some big, long hikes. And uh, it's just like, cra it's just, you're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. Nature. Like, yeah. It's and the exercise. best. Yeah. It's the best. It's cleansing. It's the absolute, just seeing, I like being outside. Yeah. Uh, and you just, I like the idea of you're like, no one's, I mean, most hikes there's people on. I want to go somewhere. Where, like, how do you go to where, I want to go somewhere where you're, like, in the, like, there's no one around. Right. Like, I know, like, you, like, hunting and stuff, right? Like, you're yeah. going, like, out. But it's, like, going to those places where you're, like, you're just in it, dude. This is, this is the wild. That's why, I like, Bigfoot, like, where you're, like, there's so many places that we haven't even been to. There's just too you many places. Bigfoot's real? I do, but. Really? I just want, yeah. I, don't, I want them to be real. What do I care? I went uh, hunting for Bigfoot with Duncan. See, I would love that. Me and Duncan Trussell went hunting for Bigfoot. How'd it go? It wasn't effective. <laughs> and one thing that I found out, well, I had a bit about it, about one thing you find, one thing you don't find when you go looking for Bigfoot is black people. <laughs> you just find a bunch of unfuckable white dudes <laughs> out there hunting for Bigfoot. <laughs> You're more likely to find Bigfoot than you are black people looking for Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like they have not bought into that nonsense. It's just our thing. <laughs> it's a, it's an unfuckable white guy thing. And this, this we were joking around about that with the guys who were out there doing. They were laughing. They were like, "Yeah, it's like I mean, it's fun." You know, at the worst, he goes, "This guy was like had a really good perspective on it." You know, he was he had a good sense of humor. Like we were joking with him. He goes, "Look, worst case scenario, you're just out camping." Yeah, and it's awesome. And it's fun. And there's like seeing things. And there's they, a goal. Yeah. Best case scenario, the world changes. Right. You find an actual Sasquatch. And and Earth is different. Yes. This thing, like, that's what I, like, so the, the idea of going out and being, not that I know how. I talked about this in my podcast about bears, and I got, 
I mean, no one, I, you know, get mad. Our podcast is stupid, but it's uh, what is it called? Nate Land. It's just talking about being funny. But I thought with because uh, I started watching all this bear stuff because there's a grizzly bear like in uh, in Banff. They have a grizzly bear that comes down near the hotel. I don't know if you've been to Banff. There's a hotel like a Fairmont hotel, and a grizzly bear <clears throat> will come down by the hotel. And there, I mean, there's so many people there and they watch it and like it's got two cubs and i get you know it that's is what so it is. dangerous oh yeah it's, yeah it is and uh <clears throat> but then i thought we were talking about like running away from a, or if a bear attacks you and i know you know how to do it but what if you if a bear's running at you you juke it you know how they tell you but listen joe so the bear is coming quick and then you go, hey bear, uh, and then go the other way. You His know momentum. You know what he does? Falls forward and because he's dumb. Nope, he turns and he catches you because he's okay. used to doing that with deer that are a lot faster die. than you. That's true. Uh, they you know what? Get you. You ever seen a bear run full clip? Uh, they run yeah. like a car. Yeah, yeah. You have no idea. Kobe Bryant jumped over a car. He did. That's Kobe Bryant, and that's not you or me. That's true. <laughs> the bear is. <laughs> But give him a nice. You I don't got one think, janky You ever watch footage of Barry run. Sanders? Yes. You don't think Barry Sanders could juke a bear? I know Barry Sanders couldn't juke a bear all, all day. day long. Nope. No, he'd be eaten. We'd have one less Barry Sanders. Just. Uh, <laughs> a bear doesn't know to watch your chest, and so he watches your head. They don't give a fuck. You can't run. But if if They'll one's coming you. at you, would you at least try to juke it? <sighs> I'd probably think, what have I done that I'm out here with no gun and a bear? That's what I would think. That'd be my last thought. You fucking dummy. Yeah. Why don't you have a gun on Bigfoot. you? Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Bigfoot guy, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's uh, Bigfoot movie? Uh, it's really good. Oh, I would love Bobcat to Bobcat Goldthwait made, uh, I think it's something Creek. What is it called? Woodland. What is it? Willow, Willow Creek? Yeah. It's a uh, like a Blair Witch Project type movie. Oh. About these guys who go, this guy and his uh, girlfriend or wife go to try to find Bigfoot on the anniversary of uh, the uh, Patterson footage, which is like the most yeah, famous yeah, yeah. Bigfoot, fake Bigfoot footage. But it's, and they, they film it like, you know, like they're doing like a, a fun sort of uh, documentary type thing. And, uh, and then they have an encounter. And it's good, man. It's good. It's a oh, horror, it's a horror movie. Yeah. But it's like, Bobcat is a bad motherfucker. He's a very underrated director. You know, he made um, he made a couple really fucking good movies. Like, uh, there was one, Shakes the Clown, that was like about an alcoholic, crazy clown. That was really funny. Like, really, <laughs> like, dark movie. And then he made another one about something America. God bless America or something. Yep. Is exactly. that what it exactly. was? It God bless America. Yep. Yeah, that that is another fucking wild, crazy movie from 2011. He made a couple fucking really good movies, man. Really underrated director, but Willow Creek is my favorite. It's fucking good. And as a person who's been obsessed with Bigfoot his whole life, I just uh, my parents took me camping once when I was like like eight or something like that when when we first moved to california we went camping in uh the redwoods like out like out that area and uh i remember thinking like there could be something living out here you know, i mean there's just nothing i mean no one's around there there's not it's, enough it's, people around there but the odds are 
it's not possible to hide something that big for that long. That you'd find a body, you'd find bones, you'd find something. Yeah. But you don't really find dead mountain lions. Like try finding a dead mountain lion. They die yeah. all the time. Well, they have like in Florida, they have pumas are very hard to see. Well, they get hit find. by cars all the time in Florida. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah, they got like recently, like a ton of them have been hit by cars. Like I think there was like uh, like pumas are kind of endangered in Florida, which is really weird because they, I think recently on like one in one month, four of them got hit by cars. See if it, see if you can find something about that. Which they're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, are there more of these than we thought? Like, what is what's happening here? Yeah, what are the odds of that? Yeah, but but pumas are you know an established animal to to have like some cryptozoological creature like bigfoot that's undetected but it's fun it's fun i want to believe yeah but i don't really well that's like in the ocean like they find some big fish you know or some big yeah well like extra like some and you're like i don't know dude we never knew it was down there the compelling there's two don't they think aliens could live in the ocean i mean that's how much that was jeremy corbell was talking about that the other day that they um you know, it's hard, it's hard to say like what kind of information he's getting, how accurate it is, but they're basically saying, think about the movie Abyss, where the aliens lived underwater. He was like, that's probably what's going on. Yeah, that there's some sort of alien base underwater or some meeting place, or that's where they hide. That's where they go to be undetected. Do you think you're going to see it in your lifetime? Bigfoot or aliens? Aliens. Like uh, you know where it's like oh, like we have to like talk to them now. We have well, to like interact with them. There are. There's a video that is impossible to ignore. There's some things that are impossible to ignore. And then there's eyewitness testimonies of people who are rock solid, totally dependable, like fighter pilots yeah. who have seen some things. Like uh, the best examples, this guy, Commander David Fravor, who was off the coast of San Diego in 2004. And this is corroborated by multiple points of data. They uh, had this um, this tracking system that tracks things above Earth's atmosphere, and they found this thing went from above 60,000 feet above sea level to 50 feet above sea level in less than a second. They have no idea how it's doing this. They have, they have no idea. There's no method of propulsion that's visible. They followed this thing. They locked onto it. It blocked their radar. It blocked their tracking systems, rather. And then it jetted off at an impossible rate of speed. And then the Nimitz uh, relocated this thing at their cat point. The cat point is where the fighter pilots, when they're doing this uh, test, they're doing this uh, exercise, they were supposed to meet at this very specific point. And that's where this thing had gone. Like this thing had read their their manifest and knew, like, or read their their plans and knew where they were going. What's well. That That is way more compelling to me than Bigfoot. The Bigfoot thing is just fun, but the alien thing is fun and likely. There's something going on. And so I go back and forth. Sometimes I think it, maybe it's some sort of government drone that's like so sophisticated and they're, they, you know, they, it's totally top secret. And if we ever go to war with China, that's when they're going to break it out. And then sometimes I think what they are is something that's monitoring us and making sure we don't blow ourselves up, making sure that we, we make this journey from territorial apes with thermonuclear weapons into some sort of an advanced intergalactic society. And that there's a very crucial moment where the instincts of these tribal people, which is all of us, all human beings, are these tribal territorial people, where you have to keep them from sabotaging any possible future progress. 
by blowing themselves up, by killing each other, by what if we talk to them the and then they and then, then when you say that they go yeah that was it is that easy <laughs> like not that easy but like you just go is that it they go yeah that's about it we're yeah. trying to keep you guys that's from about blowing it. yourselves up this is like yeah. but maybe that's like the natural thing that you see like when civilizations advance like there's a very precarious moment where like they have the capability of blowing themselves up but the reason and the logic to not do it but they also have these instincts to control resources and take over territories they still have those instincts but they have to bypass that they have to figure out how to and so that's when aliens start circling and and just keeping an eye on us yeah this is that that's the primary I mean, that's what you would hope right instead of like them attacking us yes because then so i think if they were going to attack us they would have already done it like if they really could do all those things they could probably take out our power grid pretty easy apparently they're they the, the stories are that they're able to shut down nuclear launches and nuclear facilities and that they do that, and they, they, they hover over military bases, and that they just shut everything down just to let you know, hey, bitch, you know, I can just wild. flip yeah. that switch, so yeah. don't get too fucking squirrely out That's there. That's so weirdos. crazy thing that they, yeah. Because I always think about it, too, if you, if you did, if you lost everything, electricity, I mean, it just shuts everything down. Yeah. Then yeah. if everything gets shut down everywhere, yeah. then it's a wrap. Well, if no we went like, out, if the power went out in this country for two weeks, it would be full, complete, total chaos. All the work that's been done back yeah. to zero. Back to very dangerous times because there'd be very little food within a few days. If we had no refrigeration, no air conditioning, and no shipping, it would be very bad very quickly. Like there'd be a few people living on ranches that know how to survive and a few people that you know know how to hunt and fish and have a, a good supply yeah see that's what makes me want to you know there's part of me that wants to go learn a how to survive like when you get into hiking like getting into and hiking i know is not surviving but it's i've started watching more stuff that lead you know that are talk about surviving or people go hunting i watched like well i was listening to bear attacks Cause I just got like once I once I heard about that grizzly bear, then I just go down. I just listen to only bear attacks. And I have several friends have been attacked by bears. Yeah, yeah. I listened to uh, Steve Rinella. Yeah, yeah. That's the one I listened to. Remy Warren, Steve Rinella. If you could have yeah. juked it, uh, it was behind him. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, but they like those guys. But you see it when you start doing all that stuff and learning how to survive. Because you're like, all right, if everything goes, because it is. It's like the idea of being. You're like you're just trusting that all this is going to turn on, right? And then if it doesn't, it's it's not good, right? And then you're gonna and you're gonna die, and so it's like that. I, like I've lately, you're just like I'm nervous about. I don't I, I don't like this is out of my hands. Yeah. So I need to get something back. I mean, it's, I always thought that would. In, not compared to stand-up comedy but in a way with stand-up was like at the beginning like you put all the focus on a comedy club I want to get past at this club and then you're like I don't want this club to have my all my cards right and if this club decides not use me and I've put 15 years in trying to do that now I'm done and so you want like stuff spread out that's be, the problem with guys get a residency in like Vegas yeah like George Wallace who's fucking hilarious. George Wallace got a residency in Vegas when he was like a top touring comic. Like he, he had a big name. He had been on television a bunch of times and uh, he got this residency in Vegas and he was there for a long fucking time. And then he goes on the road now 
and it's not commensurate like his 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 uh, audiences. It's not at the level that they should be. Yeah, and it's just because he spent so much time doing this residency instead of like being like Brian Regan or some of these other guys who tour of his massive following all over the country. Mm-hmm. Like he he doesn't have that anymore because he put all his eggs in that one basket. Yeah, that, that Which, scares me. Yeah, that scares me. Yeah, is it? You go do it maybe later. Yeah, that's like a move you make later. The only guy I know who does it as happy is Carrot Top. He loves it. Yeah, and but he does other gigs too. He'll he'll travel. I think he has a place in Florida too. So he goes down to Florida, and he, he'll do other gigs. He'll do like casinos. He'll do stuff like that too. But he's happy, and he does really well. Yeah, I'm, I I think I'm a big fan. He's I've a never great seen him. I've never met him. Guy, him, man, he's a yeah. great fucking guy, and he was a punchline for comics. They shit all over him for years. Yeah, I never understood that because it was. I never understood it either. It was like no one. I never knew because you're like, well, who's doing that? Like you're acting. People always think something's easy, so they always think they do it with Larry the Cable Guy or something. They yeah. go, oh, I'll, I can go do that. You're like, then go do it and make fifty million dollars. Right. Go do that go. if it's that easy. Right. It's you can't to get to that level. There's something else right. in the work that they're putting in. It's it's beyond just like ah, I'm, that's an easy way. There's no easy way. Well, Caratop told uh, a story about Bill Hicks because Bill Hicks used to shit on Caratop, and uh, he had this bit about uh, you know Caratop. That's like uh, for people who think Gallagher's too heady, <laughs> like, but it was just a joke. And in and, and uh, he met Caratop um, met Bill before he died, and Bill came to see his show, and Bill was sick, and Caratop met him. He goes, I, "I thought you hated me." He goes, "Man, I don't fucking hate you." He goes, "I don't hate anybody, man. I'm sorry." And like they had a moment. Yeah. And it was like just before Bill died, and he said, "Oh, it was, that's it was good. really cool." Yeah. But it was like it's, it, it's just it's a joke. Yeah. It's like it's just just comedy, man. Yeah. And it's just like it's a a target. It's an easy. It's a cultural like hot point yeah like here's this guy has got fucking balloon animals and he's you know holding up signs and shit but it's funny it's a sign uh in a weird way that carrot top that's how successful right. you are is that right. you are the one that is brought into this. right but i understand carrot top being it would he would probably assume everybody hates him well I and you can be and he's uh probably insulated. alone yeah. yes he's an island yeah I, I i always refer to certain comics as an island because there's certain comics that aren't hanging out with other comics they're just on their own, or they're touring on their own, and maybe they have an opening act, or maybe they use a local act to open for them, but they don't have like a community. And it's one of the things I try to enforce in these guys coming up. I'm like, man, your community is everything. It's so it's yeah. so important. Like whether it's the seller or the store or here in Austin, like it's like having a community of a bunch of like really good comics live in the area, you get together, do shows and laugh and joke around. Like that's so important for your psyche. Because there's not a lot of us out there. This, I mean, real professional comedians that are really funny that you would want to pay to see. How many of them are there? I, it's not a bunch. I mean, a couple hundred. Yeah. In, in the world. Yeah. You know, I mean, there might be, you know, five hundred really good comics in the entire country, yeah. like really solid headliners that could sell out a room in the country. There might be five hundred. That could sell out a room. Yeah. I don't know. About that. 200, uh, 300? I would, uh, 200, it's to sell out, like yeah. to be a draw? Yeah. I mean, that's... To be like a, lo- a solid headliner. Yeah. Like when you when you become a real professional comic, like you yeah. can be a professional comic 
uh, a lot. in the process. Like you're almost doing an apprenticeship. You're a middle act. You're a host. You're kind of a professional comic and yeah, you're yeah. paying your bills. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, but you're not like headlining. Yes. Like to get to the point where you're headlining and people come to see you, how many of them though are those? How many of those are I bet are it's got to be closer to the 200. Yeah. I guess you can go a little bit, you know, got to, uh, maybe it's more than 200. I get probably that two to five. Let's in get that crazy range, and say it's a thousand. It's eight. Let's get crazy. Let's go. I thought we could the opposite four. Okay. Let's right, get crazy. Thousand. A thousand. That's out of three hundred and thirty million. Yeah. That's nuts. That's it's a nuts. that's a that's a rare group of humans, and we got to stick together. I yeah, I love that. I think that's when I when I go on the road, I bring uh, sorry, I have, I have two openers, and it's. Uh, it's all different ages of you know it's our people mike vecchione i started with will come out with me some and like uh and then it's guys that are younger dustin you know dustin chafin that i started with uh then guys that are younger and it's like you mix it up and you're because you're it's about the hang yeah that a it's like nice to know what's going on in the comedy world you kind of somewhat need to you're kind of you're aware of what's happening yeah so you're not just clueless and then to be around each other and just like making jokes and yeah. like you know like being funny like you're being funny the whole time right we like when we go hiking now when I go hiking it's just being funny the whole time it's like just last jokes. night in the green room how much were we laughing a ton because it's just being funny and <laughs> yeah. you're like that hang is what it's all about yes you just yes. want to go sit there and just you trash each other you trash yeah. someone and then you're and it's and that's that's what people lost with that COVID they were not around that yeah and. It was you realize like oh I gotta go be around this dude or I'm gonna lose everything, and then people lose it when they leave. You know New York had it when I, like I was there and it was so much, but then you leave and you start touring, you start headlining. Mm-hmm. It's very easily to be like you could go oh I haven't seen anybody in months months yeah yeah it's just not it's not good for us and it it, it, it promotes this sort of alienation and this, these feelings of anxiety that. I think got really ramped up during COVID with a lot of people, unfortunately. You need to see someone, you need to be around people that see through you. Yeah. So like if you're being funny with your friends, it's like, that are not comics, it's like, well, they know you're the comic and they're watching kind of a show. You need to be funny with your friends that are a comic that are like, yeah. uh, you're like, dude, well, you're the worst. You know, yeah. and they see through you, are like, <laughs> all right. They go, why did you say that? You're like, I'm generally know. not the funny person when I go out with like friends that aren't comics. I just talk, I just have fun. My wife is way funnier than me. Yeah. Like when we go out, because my, my wife like wants to make me laugh and wants to make other, it's like her chance to do stand up. Yeah. Like she's always the one who's like calling shit out and it's fun. Yeah, my wife's funny too. Like it is work like that because you're, yeah, you try to make jokes, but yeah. then you're, it's just a weird kind of thing. And then with comics, I think sometimes jokes can be too pointed harsh. at, too, yeah. they're too harsh. They can be right. too, you know, why you know, why are you wearing that? Yeah, you could and say that to me and I'd like, start laughing, yeah. but you say that to some people and they get like really fucked up. Yeah. They get really like, insecure. Why would you say that? And then the wife will send you an email, I just want you to know that Claude was actually upset that you said that about his shirt. I'm like, what kind of fuck is wrong with Claude? Yeah. What's he talking about? <laughs> What's I can imagine getting an email from a <laughs> wife. <laughs> like it, you know that kind of shit happens? I know, I think like, it does, oh. but I would be, if I got an email, like I'm trying to think for my neighbors, I and mean, we're friends with our neighbors, if they emailed me, I'd be like, what are you doing, dude? Right, would you go Why knock you? on their door? Yeah. Apologize? Because I don't think, I don't know about Paul, but a would comic, we would have to address it. Right. Yeah. We would have to go, well, I got to go solve, I have to go fix this. Right. Solve it, fix it. I got, 
you want them to know that you know. Like you don't want it to be this weird, right? Kind of well, thing. Well, some people you have to leave it weird. Yeah, because they just it never ends. Some people are just they're just perpetually. But you don't think you would ever just eventually be like, why did you? You're at a dinner somewhere, and you, you know you're like, I don't like your slippers. He's <laughs> just like he's like in seven months, <laughs> and they're like, what? Yeah. Some people are just fucking super sensitive, man. They just can't take joking around, and they don't joke around in their home. You know? I tend to want to go try to open that person up. And I, I'm not saying to take jokes, but I would tend to side with that person then. Right. Like, you end up going like, all right, if this person doesn't like this, then I'll be on her team. And if someone goes at her I'll or him, I'll be on their team. Right. You'll be the person who fucks them. with the other person. Yes. Yes. So you want to make them, because if you're like, I yeah. know that they're going to be uncomfortable, I feel like as a that's as comics, you just kind of, you got to go to the underdog. Right. And you go like, I'll be on, I'll side with you. Right, right. Just because every you're going to get teamed up on. Yeah. And so I'll just be on your, you know, let's do it. Let's make it. Let's make it uncomfortable for everybody. Well, it's also so many people have been told that their feelings are valid. And it's important to validate someone's feelings. But some feelings are stupid. Oh, yeah. Some of your oversensitivity is just ridiculous. Enough. Well, people tell like, yeah, being very open, uh, you know, it's like you got to talk about this stuff. It's, it is, some of it's weird where you're like, I don't, I'll just. I'll just eat it up on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to go. Yeah. I don't need to go openly talk about stuff. And you're like, I'll just move on. And then you. Do you have to go on double dates sometimes? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm friends with every that goes. It's not like set up. Your wife doesn't ever say you need to meet so and so's husband. We'll all go on a double date. And then you go, and he's just boring as fuck. And your wife winds up talking to her friend, and you wind up talking to this husband. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. And you're just stuck talking to this dude while they're talking about purses and shit, and you're just stuck talking to this dude about nonsense. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. It's, I, I have had that happen. <clears throat> and then, but it's like if you can't find one thing to connect with them, right? Like where you're sitting there, like you know, it's like sports, and then you're like, all right, no sports, and then you're like, what about the? And you're just trying to, right. and you're like, dude, I'm a comedian, I can talk about anything, right? If I can't find, if you don't, if you're not giving me anything, right? Maybe talk about that to them to go, why? What? Is, what are? What is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> they go, that's what. How come I can't talk to you? Yeah. How come do you ever do you ever hear that from people, dude? <laughs> it, Maybe it's you, bro. Maybe it's you. <laughs> I want to open you up, dude. If you mm. take it to that, get, yeah, that's. I'm going to spend the night tonight. Go but, that far, but then you can be night. pleasantly surprised, you know. Oh, when a dude's the best, yeah, and you're like, well, you're the greatest thing I've ever been. Yeah. Oh, it's there's nothing better than that. It's hard to make friends. Well, that's as an adult. like Doctor Phil's son. Doctor Phil's son is married to one of my wife's friends. And I was like, I'll meet this fucking dude. Yeah. Well, he's probably going to be cr- some crazy Hollywood guy. Normalest yeah. guy ever. Yeah. That is, that's very. Oh, it was just fucking so It's very satisfying when it's like that because it's, you know, I've learned, you know, like you end up, you starting to meet, like you meet famous people or you, and like you, so you start thinking about it. You're like, dude, this is going to be a whole thing. Like I gotta, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're great. Like all, you know, and you just end up sometimes being like, I would rather just not meet him. Because I just don't want to. Right. I don't, I, it's just going to be a lot. But then you can meet some and they like pleasantly surprise you. It's the best. It's worth the risk. Like yeah. uh, I've met some famous people and it's like weird when you meet them. Like you're like uncomfortable. You feel strange. 
And then you, you go, oh, you're just a person. You're mm. just a person like me. You just yeah. are a movie star. Like Matthew McConaughey is a great example. I've had dinner with Matthew McConaughey and his wife and my wife, and he's so nice. He's so interesting, and he's so genuine, like a genuine guy. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, oh, you're fucking just a super movie star, famous guy, but you're fucking a, a regular, regular guy underneath all that craziness. Yeah. See, I think, I wish that would get out more. Like that, that, like some of those, yeah. The stars is like it needs to be people to be like, yeah, dude. I'm just you were just hanging out. He's done podcasts before. Yeah, he's he done, seems like that. He's, I'm not saying you know. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is another one. Fucking great guy, man. You sit and talk to him. You're like he's a good, and Robert Downey Jr. is interesting too because that's a guy who went to jail. Mm-hmm. Like he went to he had a serious drug problem, got arrested, did time, you know, and did a couple of years and got out of jail and is just like on the path now. He's fucking Iron Man. He's got his shit together. He's super successful, like very disciplined, does martial arts, eats well, is healthy. And it's just like, you know, they exist. You know, they're just humans. And that's that's the problem with like lofty positions, like p- positions of uh, w- extreme adulation, like we were talking about with Ellen. Like you can get lost in oh, that yeah. when you're not like anybody else. You're just... You're this island all alone, and you see how it can happen, and like you see it, like like us going on the road, and all, you're not in a, a a reality, right? Like you can tell, you know. Sometimes you go to venues, and you can like you see, like I feel like you walk by people that work there, and they're not like looking at you, and you're like, right. did someone tell you not to look at? Like this is insane, <laughs> like. You're and yeah. you're like I didn't. I've never said anything. I mean, I you go talk to everybody because you're like, yeah, we're all working tonight. You know, I, I get the idea, but you're uh, of a, me being on stage, but you can feel that like sometimes you're here. You know, it's like yeah, they don't like I don't. You can see someone if you have a conversation with someone, you don't like they can just like ignore them. Yeah. Like if someone gets too big, you're like, how do you even feel? How do you even right. feel you, like that? How you doing that? How do you just go? I that person doesn't exist, right? And they're like, well, they just said something. <laughs> you don't look and go like, oh yeah. You don't yeah. try to like, uh, like even if you don't, you just get out of the conversation, like have that awkward moment. Yeah, Dan Soder told a story on the podcast about doing that at a comedy club, and Chris Rock like completely ignored him. And he was like, yeah, fuck no, that yeah. guy. And yeah, he just yeah. got up like, fuck you. And he got up from the table and walked away. Yeah. Now, and now like you talk to Dan Soder, he's like, fuck Chris Rock. Oh, he does. Dan Soder's my best friend. He's great. He's great. I fucking love that He's dude. great. But genuine. Like oh, he's right there. He's that dude. He's that dude. I know his mom, yeah. Trish. Yeah. No, I go, he's, he's the best. Dude. But that's that thing where someone who is at a higher echelon of success will only associate with people that are in that range or so that that he thinks should associate with him, you know. I don't. He's never been like that with me. I don't know what Chris is like with other people. I've been around him. I like. I told Dan. Dan knows about it. I like Chris. He probably had an awkward. But moment. I. Well, I understand. There's yeah. I I I understand. You can meet people in different kind of. There was a time I didn't like Louis C.K. Like I thought he was like mean to me at Caroline's. Really? Yeah. I uh, when I, I opened for him at Caroline's a long time ago. And uh, <clears throat> he was Louie, and he was doing a charity thing for, like, his kids. And I remember I did a joke. I, just, I like, I'm opening for him. I just did, I, <clears throat> I do 15, 10 minutes or whatever, and then I bring him up, and then I uh, said a joke, uh, and I think he made fun of my joke when I got off. And, I mean, it was, like, in the moment just being a young comic and being like, dude, like, they're all here. You're famous. I'm just, like, right. I'm nobody. 
Right. Like, who cares, like, about my joke? And then it was like, that was annoying to me. And I was, I would be real mad about him. Then I talked to him much later. And it was like, oh, this guy was, he was different and nicer. And then it's like, now I've talked to him and like, it's like, well, he's better. Or he's, I mean, <laughs> I, maybe he's gotten worse than other. Well, <laughs> like, also, say, you my are, personal relationship. You're successful now. Yes. Like, you're established. That's true. Because some of that becomes where you're like, yeah, I don't know. Like, are you, yeah. what's he supposed to do? Uh, well, there's that awkward moment when, you know, you first meet someone where you don't know if they're going to be cool. It's like you it's don't. Like, yeah. And I can yeah. take something way more personally when I'm a younger comic and I'm so sensitive to right. everything at that moment. Right. So right. I don't even I couldn't even tell you if I really think back on it. Like, I, you know, it's like, what is it? What does it really matter? It could have been like he making a joke and we he's <clears throat> right. You know, just busting. And we're just like, oh, we're having fun time. Like, right. you know, and right. but I take it as like, are you kidding me? Right. Heck, I'm, I run my whole life to do this. <laughs> well, it's it, also it's like he's so important. Oh, so yeah. if he makes fun of you. You know, if you go on stage and Jamie Foxx is on after you and he makes fun of you, like, no. Yeah. No. And Jamie's like, I'm just a comic, dude. I'm yeah. just like, Sorry, yeah, I, was right I there. followed you. You were yeah. you murdered. And like, so I just made a joke about it. And then yeah. I moved on. Yeah. And you just take it. Like, Because oh, you're not no. friends with them. So you, do, right. you don't, you can't trust it. Right. With, yeah, with, uh, I've, I've opened for Chris and I went on the road with Chris. So it's, I know Soders and I, I, and I, but I understand where Soders coming from. That's like one of those you're like, yeah, dude, I would probably feel the, I mean, I felt the same way with Louis. I would feel the same way as Soder feels. Right. And then I've been around Chris where you're like, I don't, I don't feel that. And I feel like he's, he's a comic that wants to hang out. And like, I think he's a dude, that dude's been famous for so long too, that like is it's, if you're in a circle. Yeah. I mean, I think he's like one of the best if not the best ever like well 100 percent, one of the best ever if you go back and watch bigger and blacker you know you go back and watch bring the pain those are fucking classic specials they're as good as anybody's ever done mm -hmm. those are two absolute rock solid classic all-time great stand-up comedy specials yeah Und it's crazy undeniably but i liked it because it was like that was like when you were saying something and it was in in the form of jokes so you're saying these big points, and it's done in the form. It's rapid, boom, yeah, boom, yeah. boom. Like that's what. That's why. That's why to me, like it's like he is just. It's another planet. Like I mean, he's pacing the stage. Yeah, you know, like you can see him. Like even like he was on Letterman when uh, like the Letterman stuff with the women, and he went on Letterman and like. Uh, it's like, what are you doing with these girls? And like, starts yelling at, like, when uh, Letterman got in trouble, the cheating on his wife or all that stuff. Did he get in trouble, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a long time ago. And Chris went on and was and Chris was a guest of it. and just talked about it. I think it saved Letterman because right. it was just being talked about in the open. Right, right. And he went in, and I was like, think with 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 Chris, you can see like he gets like a zone in his eyes where you can just tell like he's not even really looking at anybody it's just like comedy yeah it's comedy he's like in the groove he's yeah. in the groove of just you know if yeah. an elephant walked in front of him he would be like i never saw it like it's just <laughs> his eyes are just like you yeah. know he's just pacing he's really funny again right now Man, that's what i've heard i, I, go I saw it. him at the store uh before the whole will smith thing and he was working out his material. He was fucking good, man. He was really good, like classic Chris Rock shit. Cause you know, went through a hard divorce, lost a shitload of money, and it was mm. a lot of pain, and so, and then came out of it. And then on the other side of it, it's like he's really good right now. Yeah, I heard someone uh, 
They, someone told me about his hour now. I, I heard it's great. Yeah, like, well, it's I really heard, great. First heard from my friend Eddie Bravo. He saw him at the store and he texted me. He goes, "Brother, this guy is on fire right now." He goes, "He's so good right now." I go, "Really?" He goes, "You got to see him." And then I was there uh, like a week later, and I, I got a chance to watch his set. And it's nice to see. It's because you know, there's always that drop off point with a lot of like great comics. Like they'll uh, have a, a couple really good specials, and then they have one that's uh, you know, it's, not that good. Yeah, and they'll have another one that's not that good, and you're like, you're like, ooh, is he falling you, off? I feel like you need to be an underdog. Like you want, mm. you almost like you want to have people doubt you, right? And that's the whole beginning of comedy is you go on stage and this crowd doubts you. So the very your first time on stage is talking to twenty people that don't think you can do this. Right. So you, every time you go on stage is just proving something. Right. And then maybe you get too big to a point to where now they're there. And if you're not aware of it, like they said, like the I like you said, like the self audit, or if you're constantly just reminding yourself that you're not like almost like you tell me you're on stage, you're like, dude, I'm nobody. I'm right. an idiot. I don't think I know how to do comedy. To be honest, like you think that all, you know, like I want you tape an hour. You're like, I don't know how I could ever do it ever again. I should quit, honestly, and get a regular job and probably it's going to happen. Like you just this panic yeah. of just all this stuff. And so if you don't have that, then you can kind of get lost. And then you're like, and that's when I think specials can get bad. You're just cramming them out. And you're like, oh, you may do one. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll go. And you just are pounding them out. Yeah. And then you need that back to like, and almost like with, uh, not saying Chris was at that point, but like it, the resurgence of now he's a true, he had that happen at the Oscars. So now everybody's going to be like expecting a lot from him. If he comes and does something, whatever, it's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, there's no payback. There's no nothing. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. dude, who cares? Yeah. But if he comes back with this next special and it's, it's, it's what, it, it's, what I'm hearing it's supposed to be going to be it's right back where it's he, i mean he was at his best oh when oh, i saw him all. he was killing i mean killing and you know it was a drop-in set it wasn't you know it wasn't announced. you got to find that i think you got to find that motivation yes the motivation that makes you you know sinbad said that i, I remember reading a book and he's talking about he's like because it's hard to go you ride he was riding greyhound buses to shows and so sinbad's like laughing with the bus driver i mean he's just like the most funny you could be, and then you're in limos or something, and then everything kind of changes, and you lose that that hang, where you lose that perspective of like that kind of outside yeah. world, and you think like, well, I walked to my show, and my my coffee wasn't where I thought it was going to be, and then, mm. and you're like, well, that's someone's job. You're like, like you're like, you go, well, all I do is ask for that to be right there. I don't think that's crazy. Am I being crazy saying that I would like my coffee? right on that stool when I walk past it, you know, and you, you don't go, what? <laughs> yeah, like, no, go get it, dude. Go get It's across the street. There's right. a Starbucks. Walk over there and go grab whatever you want to grab. Yeah. And you're like, but I don't, but people recognize me and stuff. You're like, no one's going to recognize Just go over there and go do your dumb thing. And like bring yourself back to like some kind of reality yeah. to go like, all right. You can get insulated. You get insulated. Yeah. And when you're Chris Rock, how do you not get insulated? Everywhere you go, everybody says, oh, that's Everywhere Chris Rock. Well, I mean, you, yeah. I mean, you're going to have that. You have that now. Like with everywhere you go, it's obvious that you're going to, you know. Yeah, but I, I'm, for whatever reason, I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. In some weird well, way. Well, I think you're very open. So it's also the, like the Chris Rock of these, like before social media, I mean, you have a, now you're on a podcast, so everybody knows everything. 
and you're talking about everything and you're and people know your uh, persona and they know your the way you say stuff and all this stuff. Uh, but a lot of those celebrities, those guys, you didn't know who they were. Right. Like Tom Cruise, that's why I liked celebrities being the old way was like when you, the only time you saw Tom Cruise was a movie. Right. And I mean, you still don't, I don't know if he's on, I don't think he's on social media, but then you're like some of these, like, you know, you see people and you're like, yeah, I shouldn't be like watching this guy go to the grocery store. Like he's, you know, maybe Tom Hanks or like there's, there's just talking to you on Instagram. You're like, yeah, go be Tom Hanks, dude. I don't want to know what you're doing. I want you to be this kind of like, I see you at this movie and then I don't see you for three years. And sometimes they step out of that and it ruins it. It I ruins mean, it. Remember when um, when Tom Cruise went on, was it Good Morning America? Oprah. No, 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 no. It was Good Morning America with, uh, what the fuck's his name, Matt Lauer. Today Show. Oh, Today yeah. Today Show? Yeah. Today Show with Matt Lauer. And he was talking about uh, Brooke Shields and psychiatric medication. Mm. And he was saying that it's not a chemical imbalance. <laughs> like these, 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 these drugs are dangerous, these psychiatric drugs. And you know, and like, it almost like ruined his fucking career because everybody's like, listen to this loon. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is he saying? And you're like, I just want to watch you in yeah. Top Gun. Yeah, just go back to doing Mission Impossible, yeah. brother. That's Stop why talking. I like entertainers, like it's, it's going back to be entertainment. Go be the entertainment. It's like, don't, and there's 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 a mix, right? I'm not saying everything has to be entertainment, but like everything can't be a message, or right? right. it can't be. You have to have that balance, and you got to make movies that are going to be an escape and go be fun. Yeah. And you know, I think it's like, I mean, we were talking a little bit less. It's like some of these like guys, these celebrities, or these people in movies. You're like they're in every movie. There's like twelve of them. Right. And you're like, I mean, is there no one else? Like, is there no one else to make a movie? But if you want to make a movie and you want it to be really successful, you got to get one of those guys. And, but there's got to be. But th those guys weren't those guys back when they were. Right. At the but beginning. if you're bankrolling a movie, the problem is if you're Miramax and you're bankrolling yeah. a movie, you need Brad Pitt. I know, but go find like. But they had to go find yeah. original talent a long time ago. You can't go do that. But if you go see. Tom Cruise, yeah. it's going to be a blockbuster. People will yeah. automatically go see a Tom Cruise movie. He's a proven, bona fide guy. Like if he's in a film, you're going to go see it. Yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw it. But if he's doing that, do you not like that's what funds the how to build the next generation of stars? Yeah, but the next generation of stars are like his co-star. Like he always has like unknown yeah. co-stars, and they wind up <clears> being <throat> big, successful movie stars. But are they becoming big stars? The sure, co-stars? Sure. That was that girl's name, Anna De Armas. She's she's getting huge now, and she was like co-stars and things. She was always like this co-star, and now she's Marilyn Monroe, and she's doing oh. all this other shit. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't think you know what you're talking about. I don't know. I have some good, I know, idea. I have some I, good ideas, Joe. You have this idea. You were, we were pushing it last night that they should just retire. It didn't work last night. I thought, let me try it in front of millions of people. Clint Eastwood's 150,000 years old, and he's still doing movies. Yeah, but I just, they're doing a lot. I know, but they keep going. It's like every, they're in everything, dude. <laughs> you're like... It's this, the same dudes. I'm not talking about Tom Cruise. I mean, Tom Hanks is in everything. He's in everything. And you're like, don't, like, Daniel Day-Lewis. I don't know what that guy, if he's alive anymore. Like, that guy just goes off the planet. Yeah, he stops doing films and he works as a cobbler. Yeah, that's... He uh, makes is shoes. There, is there something great about that? Yes, there's something great about that. But what if you love acting and you want to yeah. go back and do it? 
I mean, I, yeah. the thing is, like, we're looking at Are they at making it. star? Like, that's what I... It's like, <laughs> I don't think the people are getting out of the way, is what I'm saying. I don't think people get out of the way. I don't think they... They they have their job. Like you're talking about, like someone being the next, if they want to be uh, the next Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy, whatever they want to go be. Like some of the like, not saying they have to get out of the way now, but you're like, or do people get out of the way? But why would they get out of the way? Why well, would? But why are you looking at it that way? Why aren't they just doing what they do, and other people do what they do? There's a lot of movies true. being made. I don't think it's like a, a get out of the way thing. I don't, I don't think, feel like they're mainstream though. I don't. Th- I, th- I think mainstream stuff is not getting. Yeah, but the mainstream stuff has to be funded. It's like it's it's a business, and this is like John Leguizamo uh, made a post on Instagram the other day where he was talking about uh, James Franco because James Franco's playing Fidel Castro, and he's saying he shouldn't be playing someone who's Latin American. He's not Latin American. And then, you know, there was people that were upset and said, actually, he's half Portuguese. That's technically Latin. He's like, no, we're talking about people from Latin America, Mm -hmm. like from that part of the country. Like, you know, and then he was saying that people who are uh, of uh, Latino or Hispanic descent, they make up like a certain percentage of the population, but they don't have a certain percentage of the roles. And he was saying, we should get more chances. We should have more representation. We should have more, like, because white actors <clears throat> do a film and it bombs, they get more chances. And Latinos should get more chances. And I see what he's saying. I understand what he's saying. He's right about the representation. He's right about the percentage of people and that the, the films don't necessarily match up. And whenever you have, like, like was that Encanto, that uh, animated, uh, it was, uh, is that what it's called? And it was, uh, you know, a Latino uh, animated film. It was fantastic. It was great. And people loved it for both reasons. They loved it because it was great, and they also loved it because it represented you know, a significant portion of the population. But if you're a person making movies, you're not thinking that. You're thinking, this is my money, and I'm yeah. trying to make money, okay? We, we're in the business of making money in films. And if I'm making a big-ass fucking giant movie, I need stars. And I need someone who sells. And if it's John Leguizamo that sells all the time, or if it's fucking Brad Pitt that sells all the time, whoever the fuck that guy is that sells all the time, that's what they push. They're doing it to try to make money, yeah. and because those people are really good, it's not like there's yeah, anyone. Yeah, they're awesome. But it's not like there's anybody who keeps getting chances and they suck. Yeah, you know, it's That's just true. it's just not real. Like they they fall away. Like many many famous movie stars have fallen away. It's these ones that people still love. They'll go to see like Keanu Reeves. He could do Matrix Seven and fucking John Wick Ten, and people would still go to see it, mm. right? Because they love that guy. Tom Cruise could do a hundred Mission Impossibles. People are going to go see it. Yeah. They love that. I'll, I'll go see the next it's, one. And the, but the Rock can do the same thing. The Rock can do anything, right? He can do anything. It's it's about getting to that point. And it is, I know it's not a fair business. It's a weird fucking crazy business. And some people get chances and some people don't. That's part of the, the madness of it all that makes people so fucking nuts when they live there. It's because they know that any audition could change their life. And they go in there and these people get to decide. And here you're dealing with someone who's probably insecure in the first place they're seeking out an exorbitant amount of attention and they're they're doing it probably because they have like some sort of a psychological deficit that's most of us come from like some broken homes or some traumatic childhood most of us do and then you're 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 trying to prove your worth to a bunch of people that are sitting there in this artificial environment where you're like reading off of a piece of paper it's fucking nuts. And you leave, you're like, oh, I hate myself. Like, it's so anxiety. And you don't, it's like not proactive. Like, you can do your best in the audition and hope it works out, but you don't know what the fuck they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And you're like, your hopes and dreams are based on other people's opinions of you. And that causes people to start behaving in a way where they hope people will like them. 
they'll say things that they think these people want to hear. Instead of formulating your own opinions, you become like a half person. Like half of you is a real person and half of you is like this performative shell of what you're supposed to say, what political ideas you're supposed to hold on to and, and to espouse. And you get this weird fucking uh, dynamic. And some people achieve escape velocity. These Robert Downey Jr. guys, these Matthew McConaughey guys who can kind of just be separated from it and trying to live a normal life and then go in there and make these qu crazy fucking blockbuster movies and then get the fuck out. And there's only a few people that can do that. Yeah. That's, that's just the nature of the chaos of that business. But that doesn't... You know, that doesn't mean that James Franco shouldn't be able to play Fidel Castro. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think that oh, does either. I mean, it's yeah. fucking, it, yeah. what, you can't, I mean, come on, we can't do that. That's, uh, I see what he's saying. And maybe if there was like someone else that was like commensurate with James Franco, and maybe there is, maybe there's something, someone else that was up for it. Does he kind of look like him or something? Or Kind of looks like him. Yeah. Kind of looks like him. But if there was someone that was actually, you know, Cuban, maybe that would be a better representation in terms of like how people felt. Like, if you found out that someone was playing like a very, like I'm Italian, if we found out what someone was playing like a very famous Italian, you know, whether it was uh, Michelangelo or something like that, and then they got some dude from Holland to do it, I guarantee you, people in my family would be like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, oh, that guy's not Italian. Yeah, you know, that's just. I, so I get where Leguizamo's coming from, but I just wish it wasn't like that. You know, it just seems like, <laughs> I mean, there's there's egregious levels of it, right? Like the most egregious is like when John Wayne played Genghis Khan. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. That's not cool. But it was like he was John Wayne. So he could play a fucking not just a warlord, but one of the greatest warlords ever who came from a very specific part of the world. He came from Mongolia. He looked like a Mongolian. And literally his DNA, he had sex with so many women. His DNA is like in some preposterous percentage of the Asian population. Like something <laughs> wild. Like Genghis Khan's DNA and his children's DNA is in a significant percentage of the population. Like, what is Genghis Khan's DNA in? Genghis Khan, there's a fantastic piece, I'm sorry I have to recommend this again, but it's that good. A fantastic piece that Dan Carlin's Hardcore History did. It's called Wrath of the Khan. It's five hours on Genghis Khan, at least five hours. Uh, listen to this. Since 2003, a study found evidence that Genghis Khan's DNA is present in about 16 million men alive today. The Mongolian ruler's genetic prowess has stood as an unparalleled accomplishment. But he isn't the only man whose reproductive activities still show a significant genetic impact centuries later. So there's other men that have too, but... Ten other men who left genetic. Let's see who the ten dudes who spread their seed the best. <laughs> it's like Will Chamberlain. Like it's a random. Like <laughs> who is it? Who are the Genghis Khan? What do we got? Is not a list. Oh, this is just another Genghis Khan article. Oh, it just says ten other men. Um. So anyway, Genghis Khan. Yeah. <laughs> to have a white guy, John Wayne. Hey, I'm Genghis Khan. It is so ridiculous. Have you ever watched it? 
No. You need to watch a clip right yeah. now. We need to show you a clip <laughs> yeah. right now. Because it's the wor- it, it, this is the best argument against cultural appropriation. Like, when you look at James Franco, you look at Fidel Castro, Portuguese versus Cuban, like, it's not yeah. that crazy, right? It's yeah. not that crazy. Yeah, and but, he's a great actor, but, and you're like, that's a good enough. But if you look at John Wayne <laughs> as Genghis Khan, you're like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> if I was Mongolian, I'd be furious. I'd be furious. We that's have people few, trying to get their money back. We have a few Mongolian uh, fighters in the UFC, and they're particularly furious. They're fucking awesome fighters. Um, there's, that, that's a hard part of the world. So for John Wayne, <laughs> for John Wayne, you got to see how corny this shit is. Susan Hayward. Like, look at her. She was hot. That was back when women were just hot. No exercise, yeah. no good diet, cigarettes, alcohol, <laughs> yeah, yeah. hot as fuck. Nobody took care of themselves. They were just hot. They were hot for about 10 years. Look at this. It's so sexist. Listen to him. Look at this. Oh. Imogen, under his heel, the cowering nations. In his arms, the unconquered woman. This is the trailer. Yeah, yeah, play it. I don't know if it has play to talk. Play it. He's going to talk. With let it, let it go. This is so corny. Your hatred will kindle into love. Before that day dawns, Mongol, the vultures will have feasted on your heart. Oh, this Jibuka, is a... tempted to barter an empire for a woman's love. <laughs> Suppose, having taken your favors, I refuse the favor you seek. Then I would reveal your betrayal to Temujin. Horses for me and my slave woman and safe conduct out of this camp. This is so bad. <laughs> yeah. She she gets slapped again. How about the music? I am tempted, woman. I am tempted, uh, woman. Uh, I mean, this is fucking amazing. This scene is the trailer? after scene. Yeah. yeah. Scene after scene of unimaginable splendor. Barbaric passions. How corny is this? Yeah. Savage conquest. This is, but the thing is, man, why would we have such a realistic depiction of these things today when they weren't willing to do it in the 1960s? Like, why? Why were? Why did they have, like, a bullshit version of history that they were putting in a film yeah. when we today would never accept that version? Like, if they tried to tell that as Genghis Khan's story today, people would go, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not how it went. You can't have them behave like... Like they're in a play. Well, you have uh, internet. What is that? What it is? Yeah. How many people knew in 1956? Yeah. What he looked like or anything really? Right, but they were. There had to be some historians that were consulted. <laughs> I don't think yeah. in the Hollywood back then. You they, only had the encyclopedia yeah. really for but, the longest time. Okay, right? well, how do they know so much now then? Like how how do they must have known? Someone typed all of but it in on the internet. It's not as if right, but I mean there has to be hist- You know, like if you ever there's is there a thing you do like do you play guitar or anything like that where you watch someone faking it on TV? Oh. uh it drives people yeah. nuts, right? You're a musician, sure. or you, you can play some musical sure. instruments. It, okay, like like playing golf. Like you you play golf. You you play golf a lot. Jamie has a really good golf swing, mm. and it's it's very impressive. If you watch someone who did not have a really good golf swing, and everyone was pretending he has a really good golf swing, you'd be like, it'd Whoa. be very obvious. Yeah, yeah, sure. But I still. There's got to be a time period, maybe in the I don't know, 70s, 80s, when they found a whole Trevor treasure trove of information. Like, guess what? We have to rewrite the history books on. I wonder what we when do. they they did learn all that stuff though, because it's just 
his, well, I was saying historians watching that, my analogy was that historians watching that would be furious. They're like, this is ridiculous. Like the people that actually know. But you could make a film where the, it was accurate because the, the, the real story was so fucking crazy that you can make a depiction that would be terrifying. The absolute 100% proven real story was that guy killed 10% of the population. <laughs> 10%. They do a carbon, to, where they do like so, soil samples. Yeah. They find out that during that time, the, the carbon level, like people burning fires, decreased at a significant measurable percentage because there was less humans. That's wild. They said he killed, they, they think they killed somewhere between 50 and 70 million people during his lifetime. Yeah, I mean, if you knew that and then make that movie, it's a little different. Dude. Dude, they were lighting corpses on fire and launching them with catapults onto people's houses to burn them down. When they would siege a city, they would stay outside of the city for as long as it took. For as long as it took, they would camp outside the city. Thousands and thousands of Mongolians just ready to kill. And they were going to get in eventually. And everyone knew they were going to get in eventually. It's like, how much food do you have? How long can you wait? And they would keep bringing supply chains so they would always have food. And they would That's just wild. launch bodies. <laughs> and then they would capture people who fleed and they would take those people and put them on the front of the line and march them forward like a human shield. And that's how they would get into some of the castles. That's how they would get into some of the cities. Maybe they didn't. I feel like back then, talking about the movie, they had it was, to know that though. They had to like, but they're like selling a story now? back then. I know, like that, like back then's like about like the it's about the art, versus now would be because there's documentaries and there's all these other things. Now it's got to be like, well, that's not really what happened. Is that what it is, or did they just not know how to do it the way that we appreciate it now? They well, didn't yeah, know, they didn't have no, the stuff. No one, but, no, but even like the way they tell a story, if you had those same cameras, if you had actors and screenwriters of today, they would make something better than that. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it's somewhat a new art, you know. It's yeah, like, it's new art form. So it's That's like what I'm saying. Were, I'm not like judging it in a negative way, like saying that it sucks because, it, you know, at the time it was probably awesome. Oh, it was but crazy. It's, but it's that this, the world has changed so much. That if you wanted to have a, a Genghis Khan movie, first of all, you'd have to have a Mongolian guy play Genghis Khan. You'd find some unknown actor. I'm sure they're out there. There's James Franco again. <laughs> he does good at this. <laughs> they go, I'll be honest, you want to go with James Franco. <laughs> he just does. Weren't war movies probably, oh. I, I, this is something I don't know. I'm trying to make a guess. Like Apocalypse Now around then, like wouldn't. That probably changed a lot of the filmmaking. Then, like we have to be, we have to be more historically accurate now. We I can't think be that's around. way earlier than Apocalypse Now. No, it Jay. is. It's like fifty. Isn't that like seventy-seven ish? Well, Apocalypse Now was like a six or seven-year film shoot. So it's like twenty oh, years. Wow. Yeah, twenty-year gap in between those two movies. We're talking about Lawrence Fishburne was like sixteen when he was in Apocalypse Now. Wow. Yeah. No wild. That's crazy. They did that film for, yeah, they did it for, I think it was something really crazy. Like it was at least, at least five years to film that. Went way over budget. Marlon Brando gained weight and he didn't want to lose weight. So they, they filmed him in the dark. So it's just like, had like a dark robot and like you just see his face. And part of the, the lines they kept in the film, I'm pretty sure he improvised. I guess he was more like, uh, I don't know if I know much about Marlon Brando, but that was a guy. I mean, that guy is so famous. Like, oh my god! Especially then, when there's 
Your competition is only, it's whatever is on the screen. Yeah. That's why, could there be star, you think stars could, like that superstardom is, could kind of go away with the fact there's just, the competition is too much. You can have people that are like, I'm just not even into movies. And then they watch, and then you can go watch videos all day, like YouTube. <laughs> like, and then you're like, I don't even, and you have no concept of, this guy's the biggest star. You know, when you think about like celebrities now, I can't ever tell if it's like older, not celebrities, but like actors and all this stuff. And where you're like, I, that person, they say, you know, like that's the most famous person ever. And you're like, I've never even heard of them. There's so many people now, though, in terms of like famous people. There's way more famous people because there's yeah, yeah, internet that's, famous but people. That's, so that superstardom is yeah. like, can it, you know, to sustain it? People will forget real quick. Real quick. Yeah. I mean, you remember Brendan Fraser? Yeah. That guy was a huge movie star. Mm hmm. You don't see him yeah. in shit anymore. I mean, yeah. I think he's doing a comeback in some movie where he gets like really overweight. Some movie about some morbidly obese guy. And I think he actually gained a lot of weight to play the role. And he's in something else too. But point is like that guy was a giant fucking movie star. He was. Giant. Yes. Giant. I mean, he was huge. He was in a lot of shit. He was in The Mummy. Remember the that? The Mummy, yeah. He had yeah. a really like, hard run. Oh, wow. Is that real or is that like... Is that really what he looks the like? The film is called The Whale, so I believe that's what it... So oh, he, you mean like that, CGI? Yeah, is that CGI? Uh, like, I don't think he got that big. Or a fat suit or something. I think he got a little big. Well, this is a different movie. This is a, this this is a is TV Doom show. Patrol. Oh, it's a different three? movie. And that says The Whale, so I don't oh, know. Oh, so that is what he looks like now. Yeah. Wow. Maybe, that, maybe he'll come back as like the best fat actor ever. That kind of looks a little extra. Well, he's at least a good, I mean, he's a, a legit actor. Yeah, he's, he's a legit yeah. actor. The point yeah. is, like, that guy, like, The Mummy was great. That was a fun fucking movie. He was great in a lot and of movies. Encino Man. Yeah, he was great in a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. Fun movies. It can go away. It can go away. Yeah, but now it's people, like it's... it's. It, Marlon Brando wanted it to go away. He, he bought a fucking island. <laughs> he had a bunch of uh, Native Americans accept his Academy Award for him. Remember that? Did you ever see I, that? No. You should show that. He, um... He had these, uh, this Native American woman accept his Academy Award. He was just like out of like the business, like what? just wanted to be done. With, like he yeah. was like, well, he was a wild, wild fellow. Put that on. Yeah, that's it, man. Here it is. So it's Roger Moore, and I don't know who the woman is. Marlon Brando in The Godfather. So this is for the fucking Godfather, okay? And so instead of him. This Shashin Little Feathers. Shashin Little Feathers. I hope I said it right. She's yeah. going to accept this award. Look at this. She doesn't want the award. Hello. My name is Sashin Little Feather. I'm Apache, and I'm president of the National Native American Affirmative Image Committee. I'm representing Marlon Brando this evening, and he has asked me to tell you in a very long speech, which I cannot share with you presently because of time, but I will be glad to share with the press afterwards that he very regretfully cannot accept this very generous award. And the reasons for this being are the treatment of American Indians today by the film industry, excuse me, and on television in movie reruns 
and also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I beg at this time that I have not intruded upon this evening and that we will, in the future, our hearts and our understandings will meet with love and generosity. Thank you on behalf of Marlon Brando. That's heavy. How did she get it? <laughs> she <laughs> had a 40 minute standing ovation. Like, think about she, it. They booed her too, though. Did you hear that? Uh, yeah, yeah. But think about it now. Oh like, my that's, God. it yeah. would be, uh, yeah. That is crazy because they did, they, t- they booed her, which mm-hmm. felt like the, the more mood of the crowd and the people taking the chances with the champ people clapping. That like was they, agents, guaranteed. Yeah. That was some William Morris agents. Uh, Boom. Fuck you. I'm Here doing we coke. Go. <laughs> some guy doing coke who just wanted the fucking award show to be over. And the Godfather. I mean, to be that big of an, uh, an award. I know. The biggest. It's one of the biggest movies ever. It's uh, one of the most classic films of all time. 1973. Yeah. So... You know, th- this this Leguizamo thing. I just want to say, that I think John Leguizamo is awesome. I love him in everything. He's great in everything. It's not a knock on him. It's just, uh, I just wish that wasn't an issue. But I get it. I do get it. I, d- yeah. I do get how you, I mean, after what, looking like, especially the, the Marlon Brando. <laughs> I mean, John the, uh, John, the, the John Wayne Genghis Khan thing. It's like fucking so preposterous. It's just one of those things. It's just like, that business is fucking nuts. The, the business it is nuts. spending hundreds of millions of dollars. Do you know they just scrapped? They made a Batgirl movie and just scrapped it, just threw it away, right? They decide they're not going to release it. Like what? Why would they not just release it? Like that's what I like. How do you get to the point where you go? I'd rather lose the money. The I, argument was that it was made for streaming when everything started headed towards just streaming, and now that they're back towards theatrical releases, it's not. Maybe they think it won't make the money, so they're not going to put it out. I, that's I. I what does that mean? That. It won't make know. the money, so <laughs> they're not going to put it out? I don't know. I don't get their logic. Yeah. Is that that coffee? Yeah. yeah. Count some coffee, son. Sorry. Uh, counting. Yeah, I mean, why would they do that? Why wouldn't they just uh, Like, let... try to get it back. I don't know why. I mean, it, cup up. Unless it really sucks. But yeah, like, go, then go sell it to streamers. Dude, I mean, there's I a whole... It they really get, suck, but... Hollywood's got a whole business of just... You got all this stuff that's not ever seen the light of day. Yeah. That if you put it out as like kind of like no pressure, these yeah. pilots, these movies, I don't know. And like people would go crazy about that. Well, they must have thought that they could redo it. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Like they have one shot at making like this like awesome Batgirl movie. They want to really nail it. So let's try it again. I mean, maybe that's, yeah. maybe that's it. Because you got to realize those are billion dollar franchises. Right, if you get a Batman franchise or an Avengers franchise, those are fucking guaranteed blockbusters. I'm there. I'm there for Avengers. When the Avengers come out. I watch all those. I fucking love them. Warner Brothers cuts its losses by axing ninety million dollar Batgirl oh. movie. <gasps> they spent ninety million and they're just gonna toss it. HBO Max went to. But a ma- what Disney if they had like uh, some fucking wizard, some like. Uh, the cleaner from Pulp Fiction come in and explain things to them. Like, isn't it going to all be like that? Like, where, where do you think entertainment will be with you got Amazon, you got Disney Plus? I mean, is it going to just be like you have those and then you're just picking a la carte? Like, you just, you know, like if you want a series, you're following, I guess, a person. I think the future is like a Substack type situation 
where you subscribe to individual things that you want. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be more like that. And it'll have to be more reasonable. I mean, that, I think that makes a lot of sense. But I think if I was a big corporation, I would do exactly what they're doing. I mean, for their bottom line, just buy up everything. You know, like didn't Disney just buy HBO? Yeah. Right. So like they own everything. They own ESPN. Yeah. They own, they own a lot of shit. And, you know, there's a, a lot of companies that, that do that. And it makes sense to me. I mean, if I was a company, but as, uh, you know, someone who puts stuff out, if I was a guy who made movies, I'd be a little concerned. I'd be like, wow, there's like less people to bargain with. Like how many people are making movies? What if it becomes what if it becomes just like two giant movie studios? Yeah, you know that's it. It's the only way, place you can get your movie made. So, but that's where. So there was a uh, there's a show uh, called The Chosen. You heard of that? No. And it's about uh, the life of uh, it's about Jesus, about the life of Christ, and uh, the guys that I met the guys that like did this. They were they're they're I, this studio I believe was behind. They do you know dry bar comedy. Like no. that was clean. It was like on face the ones that is all clean and they've been on Facebook. But this chosen's that they made is got it's like through the roof how many people have watched this show. What is it about? Uh, Christ. And it was uh Jesus I think it's through the perspective of the the people. You know, most things are through Jesus' perspective and this is through the uh like people that are around theirs perspective. I don't know a ton. I've only seen I've only seen like a little I haven't got to watch the whole thing. But it's got it the views of it it was i think you can buy it Holy on amazon shit. now Look at but they the just made their own app and so they just went and they made an app called the chosen and you went to that app and you watched that show and i believe it got i mean millions upon millions of views and it's a series and it was a very they did all the ad behind it. They did all the very word of mouth very but i think the ads and all that stuff behind it and they just started this they're just, they're just like that's their thing. They're the chosen, and then it was an app, and you go watch that show there. That's wild. Then, do you think that speaks to an opportunity for anyone to do that with any kind of film, or do you think that speaks to like a, a lack of representation of like Christian films? I think it's. I mean, that that helps, but it, I think anyone can do it. Anyone can do it, and that, you got to think that is being a, a film about Christ. I mean, it's a very like. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody's a lot of people are Christians here, like a crazy amount of Christians. So yeah. people do want to go see that. And that's not and that could not be being shown. But it also just shows you, you know, it's all about specials and all this stuff where you could be like, I, you could go like, I don't know if I go find an audience and this audience wants to do it. Like, why don't you have I could have a Nate Bargatze app and I put my specials on there. Then right. And I do. You have a Joe Rogan app. and yeah. You do the specials and then you do. Maybe you're like, I want to write a TV show and shoot it with my friends. Yeah. And then that goes on there and you become your own studio. Right. And that's what the I mean, the, the thing that keeps that from happening is it's very expensive to go shoot this stuff and to go do all this stuff. But cameras and everything is I mean. Someone could probably shoot something with a phone. No, they 100% could. They've done films with phones, with iPhones. They're so good now, man. And, you know, the other thing is the, the ability to stream from your phone onto a television is wild. Like, Easy. You could watch anything, mm -hmm. and you could just press, you know, whatever you use. You use the Google version, the Apple version, and bam, you're watching it on your television like it's perfect. 
It and it's even a better remote because you get to be yes. like, you're like, uh, you pause perfect. on your phone. You t- yeah. 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 You can rewind it exactly to where you want it with your finger. Yeah. It's, so, it's, I mean, the big business is going to have to compete with individuals because it's like right. if everybody starts figuring their own kind of thing out, then it's like. But if uh, you want to have a bunch of actors and you want to have a script and you want to have explosions and you want to have superheroes, like you need a lot of money. Like if you want to make an yeah. Avengers movie, you need a lot of fucking money. That and that you I, that would be you can't compete with that, or maybe you can't, you'd have to have you'd have to have right. money behind it. But like I don't go watch Avengers. Like I'm not the biggest superhero. So if you're you're going to miss out on, I mean, there's not that many of you know. It's like Avengers, like these giant like Jurassic Park or like these right. kind of giant things. Right. But then outside of that, the movie industry is like it's not made. You know, you could go. You can't go make, uh, I don't know, like Pelican Brief. I'm just trying to name a movie that's like, right. or, you know, The Net, the Sandra Bullock. I'm just naming some. Right. Like, you can't go make that movie. If you go, and then talk about Brendan Fraser, he goes off the planet, no one sees him for a while. Well, then you're like, go get Brendan Fraser. You get a guy that's a bona fide star right. that they just kind of don't use. And then you're like, you want to do this, like, you know, you get writers that are, can't get into Hollywood or right. you don't know about like and then you, you could make something unreal that's a real good point because all you'd have to do is catch someone's eye on social media where it's like real good you know it's like this is fucking compelling this is fun word of mouth gets yeah. around dude. and then make it reasonable for them to get it yeah yeah I mean people are doing that with their special like Schultz just did that with his comedy special mm-hmm. he bought it back from the streamer and released it on his website direct to fans yeah it's uh, it's very it's. If you're not going to only buy these certain things, yeah, these giant things, then and and it's the big corporations, then that's where it's a problem for. Well, the creators are not. There's only so many of, like those stars, right? So if you're only going to be like, well, we can only put them in it because we need to make our money back, and you're not taking zero chances, well, then you're creating underneath you. A network that will overtake you, I believe. Like it's you're you're just creating too much talent. Like you look at Mr. Beast on YouTube. Like right. these are guys that like that guy might have been on Disney, if it was the '90s. Right. But instead, you let that guy figure out how to become his own person, and right. now that guy, now you're competing with that guy. Right. Versus competing with a show that you own. Exactly. That dude's on his own. He's on his own, and he's very intelligent about it. What he does is he makes these things that are really fun and he figures out like what's most compelling he pays attention to like the metrics and the numbers and what attracts people like the that like the 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 picture that you show you know that like and the title of the video very important all those things are very important wow and he spends all of his money producing the show he makes a shitload of money gives it back pours it all back into the show he lives a very and modest that's real. life. Very that's real. authentic, and yeah. that's what that's what I think people are buying. Now. He also translates it into multiple languages. That's wild. Yeah, see he has that guy that work for him knows how to do a business and knows how to do that stuff. Yeah. So if that guy can make it, and then he's like, "I'll start. I'll be a company that starts doing it for other people." It's. I mean, then that guy becomes Netflix. Well, let me tell you something. That guy could just do that with movies. He could do yeah. that with anything. Like he has this mind for organizing and putting things together and figuring out what people like. And he's like a genuinely fun, intelligent, likable guy. So he puts that all together. He could 
he could focus that on anything. See, like he's probably likes movies. We all like movies. Yeah. If he said, "Let me get together with a bunch of people that make you know really fucking cool scripts." I want to make and, a movie. Yeah, a bunch of people yeah. who are actors who nobody knows. Who, well, there's a lot of them, man. Acting, there's a lot of people that are really good. Way more working than... in theater somewhere. You know, that are really good. And if that's hard film, to compete with. Yeah. Because you can't. It's not. It's a punch that you don't see where it's coming from. Mm. And you're like, "What is it?" And it's someone that's high up. That's like. YouTube? Who watches YouTube? Right. And then you're like, the next 50 years, that person's going to sound like the dumbest person that's ever lived. I, I don't watch you. I watch YouTube, but I don't watch it like my daughter and the kids. They're not even watching TV. Right. They're only watching YouTube. That's what most kids are doing. They're watching TikTok. They're watching YouTube. They're watching just whatever nonsense pops up on their feed. If you create something, like I always thought about with a YouTube, like, well, what if you create a write a scripted show and you just put it out on your YouTube thing for free, and like you just shoot it? Like if I like I'm thinking about like trying to start shooting some stuff and just being like, all right, I'll I'll try to write sketches, not really sketches, but it's like a ten minute version of like Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I'm gonna just try to go shoot that on my own and put it out on my YouTube, and then just see what happens. Well, that's an actual like crafted thing, and you I know writers. I know all the comics, all of us that like have been doing this for a long time, people that are acting and like you can find people to be in it and you're like, all right, I'll just pay for this and it goes on YouTube and just see where it goes from there. It's like, I don't know, why can't you not, you know, do that if you keep it, the cost down? I think you certainly could if you were motivated. If you're motivated and, you know, you had a, a good group of people that you collaborate with, you could do that. I bet there's some really fucking intelligent, creative people out there that can make all kinds of wild films. And if you know, if you don't have special effects and all you need is, you know, a music soundtrack, like you can kind of do that with like, can you do that with GarageBand? Couldn't you like make a music soundtrack basically? Yeah, sure. I've never used it. Have yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. I know Redband makes all kinds of crazy music with GarageBand. You can Band. definitely do it, yeah. Sure. So you could have like piano playing, you could have all the kind of, you know, musical uncoutrements that people love in film. You know, which is really weird, right? We've uh, we just accept scenes where music starts playing that tells us the mood. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. Because if you don't, if it doesn't have that, it feels odd. But when it has it, it feels completely natural. It's like we're totally programmed. Like imagine if you were talking to your wife and you're like, "Hey, you know, I was thinking about the other day," and and then you give her a big hug and music starts playing. You'd be like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. What's why which, did you? What is this music? Like, why is there music playing? Like, we're just accepting. Is there a band here? That there's these people in this romantic, or these people in this tense moment, and music playing. Dum, 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 dum. Like, there's a gunfight, and there's a soundtrack to the gunfight. Like, what the fuck is this? That's why I have trouble being like, how do you not know this is happening? You don't right. hear their music. You don't hear the soundtrack. You don't hear the soundtrack. That's what we just accept that there's a soundtrack. Well, you go have people start doing stuff like that. Uh, or Willow Creek that you were showing, which is like the Blair Witch. Like Blair Witch was like such a crazy when that came out. Yeah, was insane. We all thought it. Or I, everybody thought it was real. Everybody's like, "This is is it real? Yeah. Is it nuts?" Is, I heard it was real. Yeah, I heard it was real. It was, but it was like it made it so fun. Well, that was shot on nothing, and so if you go do that now, like it's almost like these these streamers and all these big things. They can't get, they're getting, they get comfortable. Like you're at Disney Plus, you're like, well, I'll just buy all the main things up. And you're like, well, you don't see this underlining thing that's building where no one's going to want to watch a polished thing. Maybe in 10 years, 
I don't want to see something polished. That's weird. It's weird for me to see it polished. I want something that's got a little uh, originality in the way it was shot, or it feels like a little, you know, it's got a little bit texture to it because everything is too polished. Right, right. And so then you got this other world that's building up that you have no idea that exists, and now it's a big problem. And then you start going, well, I'll just go there. And then, you, like with YouTube, people put comics put in specials. Mm. If you don't keep it going and moving forward and building, then it's going to be like, well, then I, you force people to go do other things. And then the other things become the thing. Yeah. And then you're like, well, now what do I do? You look at Netflix, like, you know, Comedy Central was, that was it. Comedy Central was it. But don't you think there's always going to be that place for the big movie? That's the argument for the stars. The place is there, but I mean, those stars, so, but the competition, what are you going to do? Try to go, if it's Chris Pratt's turn to be the star, well, he's young, so you're going to try to take his job? No one's going to take a chance on someone else, so they're, and I'm not, I like Chris Pratt, uh, and so like, but it's like Chris Pratt's just there, so he's like, you're not going to get those jobs. So then those people go, well, I guess I go find a different way to get a job. Well, that that means you have all these great actors that are going to go do these things that are oh for sure that your competitor that could essentially be your yes. competitor. I guess you could look at it that way, or you could look at more people making cool stuff. Like, if well, I'm you're, talking about a business. Only, I'm talking about even their if you're business. a business, you can only make so fuck so many fucking movies. And when the movie business is booming, it's booming for everybody. Yeah. When people get confidence in movies and a bunch of really good movies come out in a row, hmm. like people want to go to the movies. You have a good yeah. experience at the movies. Oh, I went to see that. Oh, I heard this is fucking awesome. Let's go see it. Like that's good for movies. It's good mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah. They don't think about it that way. They, they think about it in terms of like, I get it, opening weekend, you know, we're going to be competing against Batman and, you know, fuck, we should, like, it should be scheduled two weeks later or three weeks later. But everything feels like a big event. Every yeah. It feels like there's too many big events. Here's a big, why I like UFC. Uh, but UFC feels like it has its events and it's, it's, they, they just time it out very perfectly where it's always around the corner. You're like, I can't wait to see that event. And well, we have an event almost every week. Yeah, but it's not the, you know, it's like there's the events and yeah. then there's the other fights and then like, but you have like, it's really good at hyping these events. Well, I see what you're saying. The big and, ones, the big title yeah. fights. Yeah. And they go, and like now I feel sometimes in movies, it's like they, I might be contradicting my whole point as I'm realizing I'm saying this, but it's, okay. but it's uh, cause it's, I was saying like they do too, maybe they do too many of those movies that those, it's like too many Jurassic Park, like Spider-Man, right. you're like. When Spider-Man came out, you're like, all right, dude, I can't watch. There's been 15 of them. There's seven so, different dudes. There's seven different dudes, <laughs> and we're not pretending that you're not just right. Like, is there not? Create a new character. Well, like, they kind of did with the Spider-Verse. They did a, a nice flip on it with the animated one. That's my yeah. favorite. Did you see that one? I didn't see it, but I heard about That's it. That's really I good. I heard it was awesome. It's really good. Yeah. It's re I hear all of them are awesome. They're Because they're going to be great. Yeah, but that's what I, that's the point. Well, you have a good point there in that each one of those Spider-Men, other than, who's the first one? Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire. He was the first one, right? He was already famous. Toby, Andrew Garfield. But Tom, with, the, with the other guys Marvel afterward, Tom Holland was already famous. He was already famous. Andrew Garfield is the other one. Was he famous already? Sort of. Not really, yeah. though, right? Not like Spider-Man like famous. two movies, maybe. Right. These that. all probably blew them up but to you start them. But you have to be young to be Peter Parker, because he's yeah. a high school student. But I understand your your point earlier made sense to me. Like, college, these guys, college 
These guys selling like the Tom Hanks and all, like they're selling tickets and Brad Pitt and all these. Yeah. Where you could be like if you're Tobey Maguire and you're these other guys, you have to prove that you can, are you can sustain the career, right? Which is something to be said. Which I'm I'm actually a big fan of being. Uh, the longer you're in this business, the more you realize career length is it's very impressive, and if you can sustain it, that's something in its own right. Anybody can be, not anybody, but being a flash in the pan and being hot in the moment, but being able to carry it is very hard to do. Sports in any, like everything. Right. Comedy. When you meet a comic and they were like, I've been doing it for 25 years, 30 years, 40 years, you're like, that's insane. Yeah. How's that? We, we're, this is all, we're made this career on not just our dumb brain. Right. Words. You're like, it doesn't, we're not, we got nothing. You know, so it's always impressive. So I understand that aspect of yeah, these people that sustain these long careers, maybe it is. No one's come up behind them and completely taken over. Robert Pattinson's probably one because he's in the new Batman. Like, that guy was Twilight, and now that guy seems like he's getting, like, real acting. Like, he's like a, will be the next kind of star. That'll be in a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah, there's always those guys where people like him in films. You see him as, like, a co-star in a few films, and then they take off. It's a fucking horrible road. If you don't make it, you know, and I, I've met a lot of people that never made it. And it just fucking. That's why always, I like comedy because we, yes. we have. You it's have, more of a meritocracy. Uh, yep. Yeah. And yeah, you, there's at least some control and yeah. it's, it's, it can be at least a little in your hands. I don't think we disagree about this movie thing. I think we're just looking at it in different ways. I think I agree with you that it opens up the door for all these people to do creative stuff because the barrier for entry with really being able to have a phone and a tripod and you can film some shit. That's real. And that this is going to open up the door to a lot of really creative people, for sure. And a lot of people that have been overlooked. But I think that's good. I think it's going to have the opportunity for like the cream to rise to the top. Like stuff that's really good to just get like virally shared. Yeah. And, you know, and people can, you know, look, people can do a lot today with uh, just simple editing software. You, know, you can do a lot today. You can do a lot. I mean, I've seen wild videos that people make online where they splice shit together with music, and they just do it from their computer. Well, the videos I've seen with your face on, like someone else's, but you're like, that's insane. It's insane. That's insane that it looks like well, you can't. Have seen just... that guy that does uh, Tom Cruise? Have you seen the deep fake? Uh, it's incredible. Maybe, yeah. Watch this. Yeah. It's going to freak you out, because it's not Tom Cruise. It's this guy who sounds kind of like Tom Cruise, so it works because he does a good impression. But then they're doing a deep fake on his face, and it's nuts. It's nuts because they're going to be able to do this with anything, with anybody. There's already a program that they have with you or me because we've done so many podcasts. They can take all of your words that you've ever said and make you say things in any kind of inflection that they want, in any way they want, loud, angry. This is, this is the guy. Said, you know, Mr. Movie Star, are you nervous? I said, no, Mr. Uh, Mr. Gorbachev, I'm not <laughs> nervous. I don't. He goes, well, remember how much a polar bear weighs? I said, polar bear? He said, enough to break the ice. <laughs> it's the last time I've ever seen Macau Gorbachev. What's up, TikTok? So this guy yeah, just cool doesn't look like Tip Top. No, no, no. This is this is a deep fake. He looks a little like him. That's why it works yeah. so well. But uh, it works because he's got a similar facial structure. Yeah. But that is 
wild shit. Kind of broken there, you can tell. Well, so you could see as much as the quick movements or not. But look at this. Hey, listen up, sports and TikTok fans. If you like what you're seeing, just wait till what's coming next. You think you could tell the difference? No, no, no. I thought it was. I thought the guy looked like Tom no, Cruise. No, no. Play this more. This is just I'm deep fake. Sure Look magic. at this. It's the real thing. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's all the real thing. <laughs> That's wild, dude. Wild. I don't. I don't know if I've seen that. I That's think I wild. thought that was, uh, I thought, oh, this guy looks like him. No, no, no. I didn't no, realize no. what was happening What at does first, that guy actually look like? Do they have a photo of what yeah, he actually yeah. looks like? It's pretty, he's, He's a know, black dude. You're like, oh my <laughs> God. <dude."> he's Mongolian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind the scenes of making those actual videos, that's what he looks like there. Oh, well, he does kind of look like him. That, well, that does help. That a helps lot. a lot. Does help a lot. But still, that's crazy. That means they're not far off from... Oh, look you, how you don't have it. to look at him. Look how they did it. Look how they just take his face off. Do that again. Show. Can you show that again? Watch how they did this because it's fucking wild. Well, yeah. Look oh, at this. They. they make a digital version of Tom Cruise's face, and then they superimpose it over his face. I'm pretty curious. I told you about that thing with the South Park guys, and they said they were going to make a whole movie with Donald Trump this. about it. Like yeah, this. yeah. So what were they going to? They were going to, and what what happened? They said I, it's on hold right now. They didn't officially stop, but they had a whole movie script written. They were going to have like a guy that looked just like Donald Trump. That was the idea of the movie. Wasn't there a guy who played Trump in a Comedy Central show? Wasn't there? Uh, yeah. Or was it Bush? Did he play Bush? Well, there was a, there's a couple Bush shows, but there was the, a guy that was running around as a Trump impersonator for a while. But was there a was there a Comedy Central show on Trump or just it was just Bush? It was Bush. It was Bush. That's right. They had like a Comedy Central sitcom. South Park guys made that too, I think, didn't they? Did they? That's my Bush. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> Did they? I never watched that. Was that good? Uh, if those guys I made it, it must be good. Let me see. I mean, those dudes have built their own. Like they're just yes. everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody. Parker, Matt Stone. Yeah. yeah, everybody needs sure. to shut the fuck up when those guys are talking. Yeah, those guys have made the greatest animated show in the history of the world. It's some of the wildest, funniest shit that's ever been on television. Right. I've got to do like your father did and separate the whites from the colors. Oh Jesus! <laughs> well, at least he believed in something. That's my bush. That's some editing of it. A forgotten masterpiece. It says. Is someone, yeah, trying to bring it back. Exactly. Should bush is naturally a bumbling man. Was talking just... about what it was. Oh, it's like a documentary about the oh, show. I never watched that show. I don't think I even heard of it. I knew it was on. I was like, "This is wild." They got a fucking sitcom. Did you ever see those guys present. early on? Like, uh, I saw the very first uh, VHS tape before it was ever a TV show. Oh, really? Yeah, it was being passed around. I was dating this gal that was a, uh, and uh, she worked as an, um, she worked with an agency. And uh, they got a copy of it, and people were making copies of copies and passing it around to people. It was like a thing that was going through Hollywood, and it was like really crude, and it was all about Brian Boitano and Christmas. It was hilarious, like really yeah. funny, and uh, just bizarre crude animation, like much more crude even than like the South Park you see now, even more shaky, but hilarious. 
And then it was like a couple years later, I think it was a show. I was like, wow. They they made something I don't recall ever seeing, and I don't know if we've talked about it. It was called Sassy Justice. Did you, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Have you heard of this? No, it sounds well, awesome. Trying to pull it. This is where they debuted this deep fake technology stuff that they were doing with uh, Trump. I've I've like I've never seen these images before. <laughs> Sassy Justice. What the fuck is that? I have no idea. It's a 14-minute video. 98% like this. It's a 14-minute video. Like, this is the whole video they made, I guess. Ways now with a technology called deep fake. You can get screwed over and lied to in ways never before possible. Everyone's got a mask on. Hi, I'm Fred Sassy. Today, See? we'll dive into the world of deep fake. Trump. Plus, is a local Cheyenne dialysis clinic charging two Is this what they were going to do? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they were gonna do. Yeah. Oh my god. They, oh my yeah. god, that's hilarious. Oh my god, that's funny. It's got to be the most fun to work. Like just, or at least, I mean, it's hard work. What they do to be able to do that is insanely hard. But do you think they got shut down? Like, do you think that's one of those things where someone said, "Hey, you can't do that"? They said they stopped because a lot of this was time. Like, a lot of the jokes were timely. And they because the the timing was it was gonna be off is like two years later. Whatever. They might be starting <laughs> it up again. You know, they might be doing it again right about all the stuff happening now, like the raid and. Well, it's just. Are you allowed to do that? Like, here's the question. <laughs> no. <laughs> can yeah. you have a whole show? Can I? Can I have? A... Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. Like, are you allowed to do that? Like, look, when Kyle Dunnigan does it, here's the thing. When Kyle Dunnigan does it, there's one of the things that's great about it is kind of like the South Parky thing. It's I, I am giving in to the fact that this is not real life. Yeah. yeah. Right? I'm submitting to this. Yeah. I'm like, he's so good at it. He's great at it, but it's not it doesn't look real. This looks real real, kinda. Looks well, the one on the right. What's that guy's name again? Michael Caine. Michael But Kane. that looks like Trump interviewing him. It looks yes. like they put a wig on Trump. That's yes. All. Yeah. Trump looks real. Well, they got a guy, obviously, that like physically that resembles boy, his size. The perfect impersonation. Yeah, they're clearly not going for the voice, though, so that maybe that's why. Yeah. Fucking amazing. The Michael Caine sounded... The Michael Caine's a little in that uncanny valley. That's a little weird. There's, it looks a little sketch. But the thing about what I was getting at, the thing about the Kyle Dunnigan stuff is it looks fake. So yeah. it's funny. Like the faces are moving all fucked up. Like, you know, it's not really Nancy Pelosi with skeleton hands. Yeah. You know, it's, you, you know, rattling her jewels. Yeah. Like the, you, when you watch that, it's hilarious. Like, it's like when he does Biden, you don't think it's really Biden. Yeah. Have you seen the Biden ones yeah, they yeah. do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest fucking yeah. shit on the internet. But when Dunnigan does it, it's funny because it's not like, I feel like you could do that. This doesn't look. I mean, you can tell the hair. That's not Trump. You can tell because of the hair, but that doesn't look fake. It, god, that doesn't. Like, that doesn't look like a deep fake. Oh my no. god, that's compared incredible. to the, the one we just watched with Tom Cruise. And so they have a really good technology with whatever the hell they put together. Bro, that's wild. And there's Christopher Walls. That looks normal. He's talking to Trump. Yeah, I want to watch that. Now. Like if you, yeah, if it was <laughs> with Trump, just, though, if you like... walked by it, you would be like, I would just think. Yeah. That's what it. You have no context. That's just playing somewhere. You stop for a second. I mean, if he does that, you'd yeah. be like, 
But then you, but you would just, you, yeah. you could easily just be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not prepared to be looking out right. for this thing. No, yeah, of course. It is true with Dunnigan that he, it's very. That's too close. Yeah, it's better being <laughs> like the other way. Yeah, like play, play a Dunnigan one. Play uh, the Dunnigan most recent Biden. Dude, when one. he did Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta, that was amazing. I mean, smoking cigarette. It was hilarious. He does everybody great. Bill Maher, his Bill Maher is fucking oh, spectacular. It's, yeah. It's so funny. And him and Kurt Metzger together. Oh, Metzger's been hiking too. He told oh, yeah? me he's addicted. He goes he goes during the hottest part of the day. He hikes up Runyon. My name is. What? My name is. Who? My name is. The, the, the guy. You see pie how tits. bad that you looks? Like pie tits? Right? They're not pie tits. You want to see me close both my eyelids? I get real close. I'm quicker than most. Let me be clear. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I, I, I take my talkie Joe drugs. And give super long hugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also an ice cream guy. Hi. My name is. What? My name is. Huh? My name is. Rogue Rival. <laughs> Stop the. T- I mean, come on. <laughs> come on, man. How funny is this? <laughs> it is true. It's perfect because it's. Uh, it's not too. It's obvious. Yeah. It's fake. That's I'm glad why him and uh, Metzger started doing stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Metzger. I've been around since I started, and he was always a guy that was. It was, he was like one of the first guys where you're like, oh, this dude, like, this is nuts, dude. Because he was only probably a couple years older than me in comedy. And so, like, to be that young, you know, like, and be, like, new, like, me. Yeah, and yeah. then he's, like, coming up with jokes like that. And you're like, you're like, this is crazy, dude. You're so good. Yeah, he's an amazing joke writer. Amazing. And t- together, the two of them, they sync up perfectly, personality-wise and writing-wise and style-wise. It's that's, about the jokes. It's yeah. about being funny. And that's what you get. Like, all they care about is being Yeah. Funny. It's amazing. But, and also, they did a Comedy Central pilot. And in the Comedy Central pilot, they used a, a much better v- level of CGI, where it looked realistic. And Kyle said he didn't like it. Yeah. He said, this is better. And I'm like, See, I that's, 100% See, that's agree. what I mean about stuff going, yeah. it's, it's, I could, you can go sit and watch those Instagram videos that are better like that versus when a whole TV thing and they start throwing money in it. Right. And then you're like, well, they just wasted whatever money they wasted to do that just to go like, eh, it's it's better to do it on the budget that we're doing it on this. Yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, they're syncing up perfect with the, uh, right now with the, the way it's so easy to do like a shitty deep fake like that. Like anybody could do that on their phone now. And this syncing up perfectly with this whole thing that you were talking about earlier, where it's like some people are getting left in the cracks, some fucking really talented people. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, somebody hasn't taken a chance on a Comedy Central or this or that. And it's better that way because the stuff they say is too wild. Like it, that's part of what's funny about it. Yeah. It's so wild. You're buying into they're creating personalities. Have you seen, have you seen this Caitlyn Jenner ones? They're so, yeah, they they're, are <laughs> fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're wild. <laughs> Wayne does all the Kardashians, and they only talk like uh, this. Nom, nom. Nom, nom. And Caitlyn does all the talking. Did you find the one where Caitlyn got, got a new vagina, and she's telling everybody about her new <laughs> vagina? Holy shit, is it funny. Oh, my God, is it funny. I've, I've gone to uh, where I got, I'll start flipping through them, and then you're just like, yeah, you just get kind of lost. 
I was a big, the Ray Liotta was one of the first ones I saw that. I was like, this is the funniest the thing The Jeff Goldblum one's off the charts, too. He does an amazing Jeff Goldblum. But that's the thing about Dunnigan, too, is like he's a master impersonator. Like, his impressions are fucking great. Yeah. He could do a lot of weird voices, you know? They're like, I didn't think, like, I've never heard anybody do Mar that good. Like, he sounds like Mar. Yeah. Well, you know, he has the mannerisms. He knows the, the tone, the way they talk. It's impressive. Fuck yeah. It's, it's <clears throat> super impressive. But that's like for your example, like this is they're 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 completely independent. It, it's not this right first female orgasm. It's, maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe that's it. I'm close. To what? Close to my first female orgasm. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. This isn't quite working. Uh, I need some tips on how to finish. I've been at this for two hours. Oh, that's doing something, baby. Yeah. <laughs> need to get some. Need to get some suction on this situation. Yeah. What is happening? So weird now. Shut up, checkers. You're distracting me. <laughs> Just let it happen, though. Oh, that's a good tick, Chloe. Thanks. You got them. Oh, I'm feeling a tickle on what used to be my pickle, baby. Yeah, let's turn this up a notch. We need therapy. All right, Don't let's take this home. Don't need the weed Yeah, Oh, jeez, I just squirted on checkers. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't do that anywhere else. No. You could not do that anywhere else. Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. I mean, them, yeah, I think like if they're on Comedy Central, they're going to take that into the room. And he goes, "This is what we're thinking." <laughs> and they're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, get the fuck out of here! You You're gonna this. get us all killed. <laughs> He can't do this. <laughs> but you have to do that. It's like there's going to be an outlet for that, man. You know, you, you can you bottle everything down. So, uh, you know, those that, guys, Yeah, I think the outlet is, I mean, it's. Those guys are going to pop through. They're those too guys good. are probably going to yeah. start seeing people make stuff that's going to allow yeah. those guys. And that's going to be. Yeah. That's huge because it's like that's your funniest guys. Yeah. So what, it's not like those are, like Kyle and, and Kurt are just like two dudes you don't know and they're, we don't know if they're really funny. That's seasoned, seasoned comedians, right? That we you can count on, that we know are funny. Guys have worked behind the scenes. Worked behind a bunch the scenes. Shows. Uh, you know, Kurt spe- Kurt's put specials out. Kurt's toured, like they Kyle tours. Like you're, this is not a uh, 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 you're taking a chance. I whether you, it's a matter of whether you like their comedy or not is your objective. But them being comedy writers and creating comedy. There, that's as foolproof as but you this can. But what they're doing now is perfect. I think it's building. You know, it's building mostly by word of mouth and people sh- sharing them and spreading mm-hmm. them. But most of them have millions of views. But now. Wait, at what point, if you go take that show, I'm saying, like, you look at it going, like, so what do you want to do with that? So if it's like Kurt and them are like, you're like, all right, I want to make you, uh, let's make a show. And then so you go, what do you want to do? You want to go to HBO? You want to go? You're going to someone that's going to restrict you from doing the freedom that you can do, versus. If you have someone else that creates something, or if it goes through YouTube, or if it, whatever it can go through, where they can at least make some money or touring. Yeah, well, that was the idea of Substack. I had yeah. one of the yes. co-founders of Substack on. Yesterday. I don't. I, I, it's like you just pay monthly. Yeah, you you, you subscribe to. It was originally just journalists, and now they've moved to podcasts. They have podcasts on it now, and even videos. So they have video podcasts, and so you just subscribe to like whoever you want. 
and and there's no advertising and the money goes you know like they get 10% and you get the rest I like that that's a great idea yeah and that like just like podcasts opened up to the door to how much a does lot it cost to like subscribe it like a dollar or two dollars or I don't like... know some people make it free you can yeah. make it for free you know I know some people's their sub stack is just open and other people they accept donations and and some people they charge subscriptions and some people have some stuff for free and then some stuff if you want to be a member you get all of it so they just like get you into their stuff you know and you realize See, that's the hard writers. part is like what's it going to be when you there's only so much where you could be like all right are you going to be paying 80 dollars a month for 80 different people or like you know well, I don't know how I much don't know you have the to answer pay. to that. <clears throat> I mean, but I mean, I'm not saying Substack, but I'm saying in the future of what everything can go to. Right. I love the idea of no ad. Like it's the idea that you can that you could pay a subscription and you don't and you don't have to do ads and you get the content that you want. Right. But it's like <clears throat> if stuff gets too spread out, that's where it's hard to, you know, is it hard to make a superstar out of that cuz you're like too much like people are going spending money and going too different yeah, but is that ways. the goal just making superstars? no i don't it's not the, it's the, goal, not the goal the goal is just do your best right and yeah it's not, become, yeah yeah it's not the goal i'm just like i'm saying is that that world kind of dies maybe or there's always going to be certain individuals that do things that are different you know that like whether it's uh, chris rock or dave Chappelle in comedy what whatever it is in whatever genre there's there's people that never go away mm-hmm. you know for whatever reason and I, I don't think trying to figure out why is the answer for the individual. I think for the individual, it's like, just do your best. Just do your best and do the best version of what you're doing. And if you're doing, if you're comparing yourself to others, do it in a way that inspires you only. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't do it in a way that turns you into a jealous bitch. Yeah. Because it's very easy. It's, very, it's a natural human inclination to tend towards jealousy and, and bitterness. At other success. Oh yeah, it's natural. But you, and you feel it. You feel it the whole time you come up, and then you look slowly. Yeah. I always tell people it's like whatever you feel, slowly you're just going to move on, and then you're like, I can't believe I even cared about that. As long as you care about yourself, and you you just end up. It's not that you don't complain to your friends about it, or you you know you, but you just keep the circle tight. Yeah. Venting is great. You do that kind of stuff, and then you get back and just mind your own business and be like, it's hard to stick to a plan. Because mm. people tend to, I think people can tend to think, well, this is working for this person, and then they change their whole act right. to try to be that person. Right. Where you got to go, no, 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 just stay, stay forward, and then you keep moving forward, and then you, because then a lot of times you can watch the thing that you're jealous of, you end up watching, you pass it, and at one point you were jealous of that. Well, it's a, it's just a, a bad instinct, you know, because it's the same fuel that you could use for inspiration and it's positive. You, it's the same fuel. You just decide how to use it. You know, that feeling that you get that you're not as good or you're not as valued or you're not as appreciated, that, that feeling is fuel. You just gotta use it the right way. The problem is there's a, just a natural inclination to feel negative about the person. Like, I've heard people shit on people that are really good, like really good famous comedians, like, oh, his last special was garbage, oh, this is like, like you haven't put anything out in years, just shut yeah. the fuck up. Like, he, he, you, first of all, you're wrong, it's not, it's not garbage, and second of all, it's like you're looking at it, you're looking at it like it's representative of what he does. And it is in that one particular set. But everybody has sets that are kind of squirrely. And one, one good way to guarantee you're going to have a squirrely set is film it. 
Yeah. You know, film yeah. it. One show. You got one show. Ready, go. Ooh, some people can pull that off, but some people, they come off like a little tense. Yeah. Whereas a regular show, they'd be like super loose. But there's this like natural inclination to like want them to fall. You know, you want to see them fall because it somehow it lifts you up. But the it's easier than you trying. It's just is, is, is for that person to fall is easier than that person trying to. It's a bad use of energy. Yeah, it's a bad use of energy because that same energy, if you don't give in to that instinct, and I've felt that instinct many times in my life, it's a gross instinct to like be upset at someone who's doing better than you. But if you can just take that and say, oh, this is fuel for inspiration for me to get better and to become undeniable, to be undeniable. That's it. Just do that. So Steve don't, Martin. Yeah. Don't. The Undeniable. Is that what he said? I think his book. That was his book? I, uh, nah, dude, I could be making all this up. <clears throat> I, I know he had Let's Get Small. Uh, I, not his book, but I thought it was a, Steve Martin said Just Be Undeniable. Well, or that's what I always heard he said. Um, he probably he did. He was a smart dude. I didn't know he said it, but I say it too. And I think a lot of people yeah. say it. It's just a, a, a natural progression. What does he say here? Be undeniably good. There it is. When people ask me, how do you make it in show business or whatever, what I always tell them, and nobody ever takes note of it, because it's not the answer they wanted to hear. What they want to hear is, here's how you get an agent, here's how you write a script, here's how you do this, but I always say, be so good, they can't ignore you. If somebody's thinking, how can I be really good? People are going to come to you. It's much easier doing it that way than going to cocktail parties. Bam. So, <clears throat> Steve Martin just said exactly what I said. Or, no, I said page. exactly what he said. He said it already. You might have said it before. I don't think so. You know? I don't think so, but it's the same feeling. That was from last week. It's the same feeling. Just don't concentrate on that. Just, you know, just do your, especially in something like comedy. It's way harder in acting because you got to get chosen. Yeah. We don't have to get chosen. There's always, if, you, if you're doing shows, you know, you get recognized by your peers, people take you on the road. You get working in the clubs. You start making a living. You, we don't. You, we don't get chosen. We get made. We make ourselves, and we have other people help us. And that's not a thing an actor necessarily gets to do. It's a they don't, yeah, it's not way. Up to them. It's a way harder fucking road, man. Oof. I yeah. I, I never envied it. Yeah, in the can, fact, if you can get to a point where you're a fucking working actor for decades, like a John Leguizamo, it is crazy, or like a James Franco. Yeah, or, it's not that many, man. Not that many who get to that spot, you know. How many Lawrence Fishburns are there? I mean, how many? How many got? You know, there's only. And they didn't let him be in that Wick, the last Wick movie. Didn't he get killed? I don't think so. I, I don't. He got, I, I'm not the Wick. I mean the. Uh, didn't they stab uh, him in the, what's the his, third Wick movie? Not the Wick. Uh, uh, the other one. What's the other one? Keanu Reeves. Oh, uh, the Matrix. The Matrix. <clears throat> the, what do you mean? I don't think he's in the one that came out. What? Is he? You. Look Disinformation spreader. How dare you? Huh? How dare you? He is. He saw it. I think he has COVID in it. <laughs> think he's got bad memory? I don't think he has the, I don't COVID think he got the vaccine in there. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the whole point of it. What happened? Why did I not think he was in it? Because you're not paying attention. And I don't. I'll you're say all this. Bears and taking a nap. All this, I do not follow movies. <laughs> when you talk about the music playing in the movies, like, I don't think I ever even pay attention to it. Go to the opening scene in John Wick 2. There's this fucking badass, it's one of the best like muscle car street scenes in a movie. It's John Wick chasing down this assassin in a 1970s Chevelle. Give me the volume though, because it's got all this music. Part of the thing, 
This is a great fucking scene. So this is right after John Wick 1 ends. He's going after everybody who stole his car and killed his dog. Yeah. Okay, so he's on this fucking murderous rampage. But but listen, there's music. So there's a car chase. It's fucking amazing. But there's also music playing. By the way, let me just say for a fact, there's no fucking way a 1970 Chevelle could ever keep up with a motorcycle. Period. Yeah. End of discussion. This is silly. But it's still a fucking dope scene. See, look, he's slipping in and out, and John Wick figures it out. And so he manages to get around traffic. Everybody gets out of the way for John Wick. <laughs> look, he's just driving in the middle of the lanes and shit. Everybody's stuck in traffic, and he's going sideways around corners. It makes no sense. Yeah. But listen to all the music. Look, it's like letting you know what's happening. Look at yeah. it. He's getting I close. I don't think I've ever paid attention to the music. You never seen this? Or no, no, pay I've seen the, the music. music. Pay attention to the music. I, th I think about that obsessively. Whenever I watch a movie and music starts playing, I can't help but think that music is playing. Yeah. And also that I just accept it. John Wayne gets out. Music plays. Yeah, it makes sense why they do. I mean, you get like it's, uh, it makes it awesome. Yeah. And I think the fact that I don't notice it, maybe that's their job, is to be like, they don't want you to notice it. Well, it's way better than without the music. Yes. Like, this is better. Yes. This shit? Yeah. Set the tone. Tell me what the fucking mood is, yeah. bitch. It's Let's awesome. Go. But that that's... You talk about multicam on... Uh, we're talking about those with comics. That's why the multicam, I think, worked. Because it was like it was attached to live laughs. Yeah. And it was nice laughs, to... Yeah. Yeah, real laughs. It was nice to really to really laugh with the people. With the people. And 100%. the audience and the comic knows how to play off laughs, which yeah. made the energy better. 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's infectious. Yeah. And when you hear them when they have laugh tracks, it's a little insulting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who was the fucking demon who first figured out the laugh track? How about we don't even have to have them laugh? We'll just play recordings of people laughing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll tell these dumb cocksuckers what's funny. <laughs> Have just... you ever seen a professional laugher? What? So when I what? did, unless I, I, I could might, be making it all might this, be me. It might be all. Uh, when we did our pilot, they had people come in, so you could, t so you could, when you have to run through the whole thing, uh, you know, you can't bring in a whole audience, so they bring in four people that can that are great laughers and so you can kind of get your timing off of it oh that's hilarious and so do you look in the crowd it's like four people like ah like really loud <laughs> laughing and they were like really good <laughs> and you're going <laughs> you imagine if somebody like hired them and they got busted they hired them to be in their stand-up comedy taping oh yeah oh my god the whole audience if you, you, were, if you well just a, a, a giant amount yeah hired 150 laughers mm, that'd be That'd be so crazy. Yeah. What if they fucked up? They didn't like you're you're so bad. They don't know where the setups are, where the punchline is. <laughs> I felt, dude. There's a I did that comedy TV with Byron Iron like years ago, and they they had the same audience for like seven hours, and so they're they were taping it, and like by the time we went up. You're like, this crowd doesn't even, they're laughing at all the, like it is a, you're in a front of a robot audience that has no, 
they're not listening. <laughs> They've been there for too long. And so they would laugh at just, if you pause, they would laugh being like, I don't care. Is this where I should laugh? And I remember just the whole set, I just stared at this guy. He had a big, he had big hair and he's sitting there and he's, the whole show, he's furious. <laughs> like it's a guy that like goes, I was supposed to be here for an hour and y'all have made me watch every comedian that's ever lived do five minutes. And he was so mad. And they're getting paid very little. And they're little. getting paid. But it's not much. Not much. Not enough to sit through that. No. Those people are all living below the poverty line, I would imagine. They were not happy. No. And you felt it. Yeah, that's like, that's like almost like showbiz adjacent. You're, you're, you're getting paid. You're in the audience. You're getting paid. You're a paid audience member. Yeah, it's like, an, I mean, it, it's yeah, a job. It's a job. Yeah. It's an extra. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of like an extra, right? Yeah. That's a fucking horrific job. Being an extra. They're, I'm <clears throat> reading through an article from LA Weekly where they were getting them from central casting, professional laughers. To an extent, not even that long ago, they were using it instead of like canned laughter. They would put fake people in in waves to laugh at certain levels, and when they would start dying, they replaced them. When you them. say, who, who's they? Who did like, this? Casting director. Really? Yeah. So they would hire... Oh, wow. They would hire people to fake laugh. She would screen them. She got so good at it, people started calling her to replace their audiences with the people she could find. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Well, it's something that no one's ever really dove into to think there's good laugh. There's a lot of people that are really good laughers. Well, there's also, like, I mean, they're not just good laughers. Let's be real. They're not just good laughers. They're going to laugh if it's funny or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This that's what not, I mean. Yeah, not good. Yeah, you're right. right. This yes. is an, this performative laughing. Easy to entertain. They're just like, they... But can you imagine if you like had, but it makes sense that they would rig the whole thing. If, if we were talking about like having a star, like there's so much money attached to these things. Yeah. Like the more of a laugh that something gets, the more people might be inclined to laugh at home. The more like maybe the performers would be mm. energized because they're killing. But that will product. take. But it's a it's a better product in your mind. It's not yeah, in what not you're going to see. Product. It's not a better product because no. it's. It's it's gonna it's all f fake and that means the jokes will not be truly tested. Right. That's right. why like when you with comics, it's like when you go somewhere and you go like do a special or somewhere and someone's like, No, you're like, yo, this person's going to oh everywhere in America and maybe the world and they're trying this joke. This is these jokes with comics are like they're the most tried thing that you've ever seen. But what if they have already done it? What if that's the big bang theory? What if it was just all professional laughers? Yeah, but they, the Big Bang. Yeah, they already did it, and they made a fucking kajillion dollars. But I don't, yeah, Big Bang was funny. I, I mean, my, my my parents loved it. I've seen some clips of that were very funny. Like, so maybe they're really good at it. I think they're good. At, I think that shows you that that was Chuck Lorre that's made a lot of like that shows you that the multicam. I don't really think they had fake people in the audience laughing. I think you do. I don't. So I don't think Lawrence Fishburne was in Matrix. I'm, what I'm saying is, ima <laughs> imagine if we they, can beg to differ. We agree to disagree, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree. Or, I didn't see the last one. I'm ignorant completely. But uh, what was my point? I if they, they, they could do it, and it's like, what if they did do it and we don't know? Yeah, they, I think they could pull it off. I think if you I had, do think like, you laugh because other people laugh. That's true. I do, if you're... yeah. 
you're contagiously, you want to be like, yeah, we're gonna have a good time. Do you think any of the laughers pull the people aside and go, you know, I just want you to know, even if I wasn't getting paid, I would still laugh. Yeah. That was really I good. think it would be funny to have him a professional laugher. He's like, ah, you just hear a gunshot. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> like this guy just had enough. Like he just can't. <laughs> You're like, and all the other people start laughing because they're 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 nervous. So yeah. then it, it just sounds like you're like a guy just killed himself. They just throw him in a hefty bag and drag him out real quick <laughs> and place him with another guy. <laughs> and everybody's just kind of awkwardly lay some plastic down the seat. Just yeah, just right there. there like, he's fine. Fine. He's fine. fine. We'll get someone else. Sit there. You have to, you Jesus go. Christ. That's the Russian version of it. <laughs> it's too much. They That's don't the even... Russian version of Byron Allen. Guys are just blowing their brains out in the just, audience. Guys licking the tire because he doesn't even know it tastes good. Any, his yeah. whole life's fake. Yeah. He's oblivious. How crazy is Russian roulette? Oh, I don't know how you... How crazy is it? I mean, I was just thinking about that. Like, that. First of all, that it's called Russian roulette, which is nuts. Like, who who invented that? Is it just Russians? Did they, I hope so. Are they that wild that they came up with that? And then two. Were you like, seeing that look at the Russian Instagram? Like look at this Russian. Oh no. There's an Instagram page that's uh, I think it's called Look at This Russian, and it's just people in Russia doing stuff. It's the funniest thing I've ever. Did you see seen. what they did recently? They had a 600 versus 600 boxing match. 600 people versus oh. 600 people in a field with boxing gloves on, and they come towards each other and just beat the holy fuck out of each other. <laughs> you have to Google that, Jamie. And does someone win? Uh, send me that link to that Russia thing. Too, or does everybody game. lose? Oh, who fucking knows? I only watched a small clip on Instagram. I have no idea what the context was, no idea what was happening. But look at this. They're running towards each other with fucking boxing gloves on. Look at this. There's guys in the yellow shirts and guys in the black shirts. And it it's just oh. a fucking swarm of people, two-on-one, three-on-one, four-on-one, people beating the fuck out of each other. They go down, they're punching each other when they're down, there's no referees, and they look like they're kids. They all look like they're in their like teens or early 20s. Yeah, they get tired. Well, they're fucking going full blast. They're sprinting. and they, they, I mean, the idea that this is a fucking sport is crazy. <laughs> Like, these are the people that we're thinking about going to war with? Settle down, everybody. This is what they're doing when they're waiting to go to war? Well, this is what we're doing. We're, we're arguing over 78 different genders. They're beating the fuck out of each other on a football field. 600 versus 600. <laughs> I mean, just, just running at each other. There's hard parts of the world, man. Well, they, well, the fact that they have that, uh, you said the Russian roulette, that if that was made, that's such a crazy... You have a board game night Imagine. with some families, and one of <laughs> someone doesn't go home. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a couple. Don't you want to go talk home. about the awkward conversations you have on a blind date? You're like, well, you, that's what you should do if it's uncomfortable. with The guy, you're like, let's play Russian roulette, and then you just kill the person that's uncomfortable. And you're like, I did you a favor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, because we're playing Monopoly. Let's play some Monopoly. That's the craziest thing to do. Russian roulette is the craziest thing to do. Like, to imagine. Yeah, where did it come? Like, is it? Are you allowed to play it? I bet people made prisoners do it. I uh, bet that was that was probably the first versions of it. I bet uh, people did it to prove that they didn't give a fuck. You know that they weren't scared. I bet yeah, it's a bit, it's one of the fucking dumbest things you could ever do. Yeah, I don't know the joy. 
I guess the joy of li- living. Of living. But yeah. that, remember that scene in Deer Hunter? Holy shit. I don't think I've ever seen Deer you Hunter. You never saw Deer Hunter? No. Oh, my God, dude. It's an incredible scene with uh, Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken. And uh, they're, they're, they're playing Russian roulette with each other. <sighs> they play Russian roulette with uh, guards. They play, play Russian roulette with uh, the Viet Cong. It, it's crazy, man. And they make them do it. And they and they look at this. Play play this. Give me some volume. Look at this. Venga, venga, And they're betting. They're betting on who gets shot. And they're making these guys play Russian route. Look at this. You and me. Look at this. Look at them. They got guns pointed to them. It's just wild, man. This is definitely not what I thought this movie was about. Okay. I would have went into this movie thinking it's completely something different. Well, the movie is about Vietnam, but the no deers. The deer hunter thing is, he takes a shot at a deer and misses, and he will not take a second shot. Like he has this like ethic in his head that it should be one shot, one kill. Oh. That this guy has these morals and ethics that he applies to hunting into life and then he gets thrown into the chaos of the vietnam war and then there's a lot of shit in that movie. it's a heavy movie yeah but it's a really good movie yeah a really I good movie to. i'm going back and watching a bunch of old movies because i didn't i missed a lot of the movies that's that's one that holds up man that did, was there music playing no no music oh, when that was kept going it on? real yeah that was interesting right mm-hmm. we didn't even notice but what the acting? God damn the acting! But maybe because it's like, you know, what's funny? The music is like, uh, it, it's more. That's why it's more intensive a scene, right? Because you're not so you're not distracted by music. You're just having to feel like you're sitting there, right? And the acting, how good? Oh, how well, good is Christopher Walken in that scene? Jesus Christ! Very good. Jesus Christ! He was in the Matrix. And those guys that are smacking him around. How how great are those guys? Who are oh. those guys? 
They, that's what I mean. Like Who you see some guys? of those movies with those, yeah. you're like, dude, these dudes. That guy really looks like he's forcing that guy to shoot himself in the head. It's crazy. I yeah. always think that in like some of those movies, you're like, how? Where are do we? Is there just like some of these other countries? You're like, they're going to this town right. and being like, uh, how many Oscar nominees do we have here? And they're just yanking them out. And you're like, these dudes are the greatest actors I've ever seen in my life. And we don't even talk about. It. We're like, all right, thanks for everything. Yeah. And you're like, you're better than our own people, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is true. There's a lot of, I mean, uh, Captain Philip, like that guy, was like that guy became like that guy's a star. It's like you end up becoming yeah. some guys that you think are gonna, they're just like you're like, well, I don't know if they even expect them to be a star. Or they're just, the, and then you're like, this dude's ridiculous. Yeah, well, there's talented people out there, and there's more opportunities now for talented people just to just get your shit out there than ever before. It's weird, weird time. It is. It's exciting, though. You know, we were talking about um, streaming versus putting things on YouTube last night, and like, and versus doing what Schultz did or what people are doing with other stuff on Substack and other places. It's a, it's a interesting landscape. Yeah, it's uh, it does. It opens the door for anybody. Anybody can go grab uh, success. I think there's going to be a lot more people that you're, you know, someone's going to be like, I don't know who that is, and you're like, well, that guy's worth a uh, hundred million dollars, and he's enormous and and he has a giant following and you know it's you build your audience if your audience you walk around with an audience you can compete because you just have if you're creating something that is substantial an yeah. act create an act create something that people can, can come back to create something that people like mm-hmm. yeah all right all hey right. Pergazzi, i think we Dude, did it happy birthday happy birthday to me thank yeah, you it's very a big much day. when's your birthday march 25th i'll remember it i'm gonna write thanks it down. man same day as Stan Hope and Tommy Jonigan. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll remember that now. Yeah. I appreciate it, dude. <laughs> it's fun hanging out with you, brother. I loved it, man. Uh, we got to do this more often. I know. It'd be a lot of fun. That was like four hours, right? Four fucking hours, dude. Lawrence Fisper. We didn't even pee. We didn't pee. It's very impressive. I've All right. Been. Nate, you're the fucking man. Uh, tell everybody, is it NateBergazzi.com? Yep. NateBergazzi.com. Big tour going on right now. Everywhere. Yeah, you're all over the place. All over the place. Go to my website. All this stuff's and there. And your podcast Nate is? Land Podcast. Nate Land. Is that on everything? It's on everything with my buddy uh, with comic, Nashville Comics, Dusty Slay, Aaron Weber, Brian Bates. Beautiful. All right. Thank you, and bye, everybody. Bye.